Albuquerque's macro aggression, Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. We'll read your text and uh, do your phone calls during the third hour, and we'll leave it at that. And just still been doing everything here at the radio station, uh, but things are going pretty well overall. We got D. Muska in after a uh, little brief hiatus. He's a little catch up by uh, health and uh, maybe a little well well needed uh, time as well. We're going to jump right into it. Uh, hi, Dowd. Glad to hear. Um, we're going to jump right into it here in the Cuba because there's so much to get to. And let me kind of just. Uh, Start with, you know, right from the very top of just everything that's going on in the world and that we have not been able to pay attention to because we're so worried about the next vax mandate or gas prices or, I don't know, take your pick of what we're focused on here in the United States. Meanwhile, the world is completely and totally on fire, as far as I can tell. Um, we're doing nothing about it, and uh, we continue having a little hard time with, with the video coming in. And we continue to be in a situation that is not improving uh, from a multinational standpoint, meaning our allies, etc. So I don't think I've listened to more talk radio than I have in the last week. And since the last time we convened, we had a former prime minister dead, assassinated. Uh, we've got another prime minister who has been removed. And we've had the G7 meet, uh, which met this weekend. And there's no conversation about that. If you notice the top of the hour news, there's no conversation about it. Like nothing. Period. And I've already got on the people over at USA Networks. So like I know ABC, NBC, PBS isn't focusing on it. You know, people need to know what's happening in the world so they have a better idea of the worldview of actually what's going on in the world. Well, you know, we're the global leader. We're the hegemonic leader. I'll tell you why we're no longer that. And why you need to look at a bleak future going, oh, Eddie, why are you going to tell us about the bleak future? I'm just leveling with you, just telling you the truth. Um, because you should be paying attention to what's going on. Let's let's start first with the G7, uh, what used to be called the G8. And I'll bring in Dowd for this part. I'm having a hard time with your video, Dowd, but I can definitely hear you. Uh, are you there, sir? I am here, sir. I'm here on this, on this very important anniversary. It's the, the greatest anniversary in the history of New Mexico, July 11th, uh, 2022, our one-year anniversary of the most important thing that ever happened in New Mexico history. <laughs> and he, of course, is uh, Dowdist likes talking about Virgin Galactic, and Virgin Galactic does not like talking about Virgin Galactic. They just got bailed out. Uh, we'll, maybe we'll just that a little bit later on in the week. Uh, yeah, none of that stuff was live. None of it. Uh, Literally none of it. Uh, okay, so the G8, why did it become the G7? Let's start there. I think that's probably the most important piece of it all. Okay, so the G7 leaders convened. You were likely hanging out, enjoying some sun, you know, not really worried, thinking that everything's totally fine. And then you're thinking, well, the world has seemingly gone into almost a third world war, right? And you thought that these people were have your best interests at hearts and they want at heart and they want to go ahead and, you know, get things done and come to peace and come to a quick agreement. So the group of eight was 
an intergovernmental political forum from 97 until 2014. Pay attention to 2014. And we went back uh, to the University of Chicago professor. What's the guy that talked about the Crimea? Uh, Crimea? Oh, uh, Mearsheimer, I think. Mearsheimer, okay. So we, we know that there was a break at that point. And the break happened to come about because Russia seized Crimea. It took it over. It originated back in the summit hosted by France that brought together representatives of six governments. Listen to the original ones. France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the UK, and the United States. So it was the G6. And then they included Canada and then became G7. And then Russia added back in 1997 and it became the G8. Okay? So Russia got kicked out of the G8. And then it became the G7. Now, why? Because they annexed Crimea. Crimea. Okay? The political forum was reverted back to G7. In January 17, they announced a permanent withdrawal from the G8. They had no interest in jumping back into it. That was the break. That was in 2017. Okay? Donald Trump was president at, that, at the time. Now, we also know during that time that the United States had an inordinate share of its deposits into the North American Treaty uh, Organization and NATO. Okay, We know that we were funding most of that during that time. But we also know that it was never a more peaceful time for the world than the time when Donald Trump was president. It was in, you know, countries attacking each other. Things were coming to a quick end. I mean, Iran attacked us. We didn't attack back. We just basically said, here's, here's what's going to happen and took out a few things and no big deal. You know, quiet, quick, taking care of the problem. So this weekend, the G7 leaders got together. And... We have heightened tensions. We have real problems in the world. Primarily the Ukrainian war. Right? Primarily, you know, we're trying to, uh, we're strapped for resources, gas, fuel, food, as you're going to find out. Okay. So at the Elmau Castle in Germany, world leaders got together and what did they, what did they do? They got together and they mocked Russian president, President Vladimir Putin. They made jokes about him. Now, Putin has been sick. I believe that he is suffering from cancer. That's not why I'm getting upset about this. They joked about whether or not they should also strip down to their shirt sleeves or even less and have this tough man, you know, bravado type of image. Jackets on, jackets off. <laughs> Do we take our coats off? British Prime Minister Boris Johnson, who was just removed, and his last day will be September 6th. We'll go through the process of that a little later on the show. Asked as he sat down at the table of Bavaria's picturesque Elmau Castle, where Olaf Scholz was hosting the summit of seven powerful, I like how they use the word, democracies. Britain, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the United States, and the European Union pondered the dilemma. We're going to get bare-chested horseback riding display. Now, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know where everyone's head's at. But it's not focused on the bigger picture. Right now, we're so focused on, oh, abortion, all the elections, oh, midterms, oh, this, oh, that. Your world is coming apart. Now, let me give you very quickly the G6 countries once again. And we're going to go line by line by line in terms of who their leaders are and what they're doing. And I, I think this is the most interesting part. 
After the removal of Shinzo Abe, and we'll talk about the election that just happened in Japan, by assassination. I'm, I'm, sh I'm sure they're going straight to gun control in Japan after the assassination <laughs> with a, basically a 3D model plastic gun. That is what took him out. Okay? Right? I, I can see that happening, right? Let me tell you. Every single leader of each of those countries is now liberal. Going forward, and in fact, this is the latest sent to me by my good friend Brian. Um, I've got this whole conservative leadership uh, ascension in in Britain. Kemi Badenoch. Well, who is she? Here we go. Former equalities minister <laughs> Kemi Badenoch has become the latest conservative MP. Yes, go look her up. K-E-M-I Badenoch. I'm not going to say anything beyond that to enter the race, quote-unquote race, to become the next party leader in PM. Confirming her candidacy in the Times, she said she wanted a limited government and to, quote-unquote, tell the truth. The most high-profile candidate so far is former Chancellor Rishi Sunak. No, now it's her. Remy or Kemi Badana. They accused Mr. Sunak of having short memory, adding it was a prime minister who trusted him and gave him a top job when he was a junior minister, of course, of course referring to Boris Johnson. Now we're going to bring Trump into all of this, and we're going to bring Putin, and we're going to bring China, and we're going to set the stage for global war. Yes, folks, we are going to set the stage for global war. Because you don't get together with the other powerful countries at the same time that the BRIC countries get together, and that's Brazil, Russia, India, and China. They also met this weekend. Interestingly enough, oh, we're all worried about Roe v. Wade. We're worried about gun control, crime, inflation. Yet yeah, those are real worries, no doubt about it. But these people literally got together and decided to draw the line in the sand and I think cement it and set the stage for what is going to become the next three to 10 years of your life. Yes. Three to 10 years of your life is going to be consumed by a global war that our leaders, Joe Biden was there at the Elmer. I don't even know if he knew where he was. That was funny. <laughs> you can all make those jokes all day long. Uh -huh. uh, uh, he has no memory. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about having no memory. Our leader, Joe Biden, has no memory. And if you're shuddering and if you're just starting to, like, come into this and starting to think about these things, for the very first time, because you've been so busy, uh, caught up in the news cycle and the local politics and the, the local races and all that, you're lost. Let me, let me assure you, you are completely and totally lost. Because there's something far greater. And it's all coming together. Lockdown, shutdowns, yes, the new Centurion or Centaurus virus that's coming in, that's coming in. We've got to go ahead and lock down. We got the, the the unions and the teachers unions wanting to shutter businesses or excuse me, shutter the schools once again. That's coming in. Oh, pay no attention to that. The bigger thing is these countries deciding based upon the cost of money and the limited number of resources that are out there, who's going to become the next hegemonic power. And everyone's merging into these sort of global entities, right? Think about Boris Johnson. What, what do we know about Boris Johnson? Boris Johnson was probably the biggest supporter of the Ukraine in its war against Russia, in its defense against Russia. Right now, Putin seems to be a completely and totally sane man, the only sane person out there. I hate to, I can't even believe I have to say that. 
But right now, he is the only person right now who's seemingly keeping this world together. And he's taken on the entire eastern part of the Ukraine, like taking it over. So let's look at what, let's go back to the G7 and let's find out what their priorities are. Because it's not maintaining its power. They're poking the bear, literally. They're poking the Russian bear, Vladimir Putin. They're poking China. And let's just think about four of the five most populous countries. I think Brazil, are they are they over 400 million yet, uh, Dowd? I don't know where Brazil well, is. Let me at. check. It's comparable to the United States. These four countries can field armies that can travel throughout the world. Rumor has it that China has 500,000 troops in Central America. I don't know if that to be true. Heard it on John B. Wells. I haven't been able to substantiate that. If anybody wants to uh, send me that information, love to hear it, okay? Love to find more information. I've been so busy, haven't been able to drum up that. The G7 infrastructure financing on democracy will create a supersized China, according to the latest report. This one coming from the National Interest. The G7 economies offered an unprecedented. They got together and they said, hey, we're going to spend $600 billion. <laughs> That's the same amount we spent on NATO. The first attempt to form a developing world Marshall Plan in its post-colonial era in the G7 summit. Given the $15 trillion global infrastructure financing deficit before 2040, the G7's commitment is encouraging. The plan was conceived by the world's largest democracies to outcompete China in owning 21st century global infrastructure. Folks, this is going to fail, and China is going to be larger, bigger, and better than they ever had. And we'll get back to Shinzo's. Uh, and you got to follow me here. There's so many moving parts to all of this, and it's all coming together at the right time. And yes, it is to prevent Donald Trump from ascending to become president of the United States again. That, that's where they're at. That's how, that's how near they are. He was in Alaska this weekend. If you happen to hear his speech, um, he's out, you know, settling scores with the people who didn't support him. And that's what he's doing. And he's going to hit every state, might even hit our own, rumor has it. Doubt, uh, how many uh, people does Brazil have? Uh, Brazil is at number uh, seven globally with two hundred uh, just under 215 million. It's right, almost tied with Nigeria, which has about 216 million. And you just heard that India is going to supplant, yep. hard to believe, but they're going to supplant China. 1.4 billion. Yeah, as the world's most populous country, what they can count, right? Who can count that many? And it's going to be a competition for resources because countries are pulling back in the Malthusian view of the world that we have. Remember, we just took, took down the Georgia Guidestones, right? They did it themselves because they know that there's going to be. What was the last thing I think I said at the end of last month? And I said, what's the biggest thing that I fear? An extinction level event, an ELE. I don't know if we're going to be here 10 years from now talking at all at this rate. Because these people, these leaders are not interested in, in solving problems. They are not interested in solving problems at all. Every person that they're bringing in is more liberal than the last, in our view of liberal. Now, the liberal democratic leader of Japan, Shinzo Abe, was actually a conservative. They look at liberals 
the way that we should be looking at the word liberal, which is being, right. <laughs> you know, liberal oriented economically. Are we going to get uh, back to Shinzo's Abe? Uh, Abe. So why was Shinzo Abe taken out just a day after Boris Johnson? And don't get into, oh, who and what and the unification shirt. Like, that's all BS. These leaders are so well protected, even the ones that are former leaders. They only get assassinated or taken out if there's a willful push by other entities where they say, and Shinzo Abe was definitely standing in the way. He's stand, he was standing in the way of the globalists. And they had a landslide victory yesterday in their elections. Landslide. A super majority is what the conservatives in Japan have. And what do we know about Japan? Japan has been going through this tumultuous economic time for the last 25 years. Negative growth, negative interest rates. They've had a really sour times, but they've still been participating as much as they, they, they still can. They're still a superpower, right? You could consider them within the G7. I'm worried. And I know that there's not anything we can do about it. This is beyond our scope of ability to control, to influence. And we're going to touch upon Sri Lanka. Because what's happening in Sri Lanka is going to happen here in the United States. And it's going to be happening amongst a number of other places. They're just prolonging the inevitable. People are storming the presidential palaces. People are upset about the lack of resources, the lack of opportunity to just fill their cars. Inflation, runaway inflation. This is exactly why Boris Johnson went away. Like, this is all culminating all at once in all the places at the very same time. And I'm only, I only apologize right now, not just for being busy, but I also apologize for not having the foresight ahead of time to really be paying attention to, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I just lifted a rock and found an entire uh, group of, of insects living underneath that rock that I didn't even know existed. It's like, while we're sitting here paying attention to everything, including the race baiting going on in this country, Black Lives Matter and everyone's uh, LGBTQ causes and all the rest of their minority interests that they're doing, the world has been going to hell literally in a handbasket run by the globalists. And this, folks, is the Great Reset. I think they're so far ahead that there is not just no stopping it, but the United States will no longer be we won't make it to 250 years at this point, not with Joe Biden. And we can laugh all we want about how bad our president is and how we're going to replace him. I don't even see that happening at this point. After what happened with Shinzo Abe, the assassination on him, after what happened with Boris Johnson, I mean, we were just talk we were just celebrating Brexit three and a half, four years ago, like four years ago, I think this summer, if I'm not mistaken, is this? I think it was 2018. Brexit, Brexit. Oh, my gosh. Look at the great win for Donald Trump. Look at the great win for, for the Brits. They don't have to participate in the European Union. They don't want to be a part of it. And here we are four years later. That leader is now been removed, and they're going to be replacing him within the, and this is where you have to pay attention to, within the quote-unquote conservative party, right, with a woke-ass conservative, guaranteed. 
Go ahead and look her up. She is handpicked, brought in. They knew what they were doing. And how weak is your president? Let's just let, let, let's cover this for a second. He's so weak that the French president, Macron, what did he do? He's like, uh, uh, I have no idea why you're going to go visit the Saudis, Biden, but you need to kind of uh, curb it back. They're already at max. They're already uh, uh, pushing out as much oil as they possibly can. Stop begging for resources. That's the French president. This is the guy that looked to us for help, folks. A video captured the moment when Emmanuel Macron interrupted President Joe Biden on Monday to express doubts that Saudi Arabia could increase its oil capacity. This happened about 10 hours ago. It took place as the leaders of the world's richest nations gathered for the G7 summit today in the German Alps, where Russia's ongoing war in Ukraine was at the top of the agenda. Oh, was it? You mean it was at the top of the agenda? You decided to go ahead and poke the bear, thinking that you're going to be able to beat Vladimir Putin? Russia has never been this strong. Let me repeat. Russia has never been this strong. The best thing that Putin has ever done for his own country is to invade the Ukraine and show his strength. Macron says to Biden, excuse me, sorry to interrupt. Oh, maybe I should do it better. Excuse me, sorry to interrupt, uh, President Biden. Macron appeared to tell Biden that the Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed, the leader of the United Arab Emirates, had told him that both the UAE and the Saudi Arabia could not increase any oil production for the United States. He told me two things. One, I'm at a maximum. One, I'm at a maximum, maximum. What he claims. Second, the Saudis can increase a little bit by 150,000 barrels a day or so. But a little bit more, that's about it. But they don't have a huge capacity, at least before six months' time. There you go, folks. Your president's solution, President Joe Biden, we can talk about his rocket low ratings, his rocket low approval ratings. is not going to solve the problem of gas prices here. Now, they're going to artificially uh, make them lower. They're going to artificially uh, go ahead and get them already. And it is a good question there in this morning's Rock of Talk dot chat blast. Dowd, uh, you had that uh, question. It was what? <laughs> there, there are so many that are good, Eddie. Uh, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me run down so the list. What about the gas? Oh. Is, do you expect gas? Do you expect the decline in gasoline prices to last? So... The answer, my answer to that is yes, it'll last until about next April. They're going to buy as much as they possibly can. The Democrats, let's stop calling them Democrats. Let's call them for what they are. They're communists, dictatorial communists. I, I, and I thought that had that passed. It's always good when I take a little bit of a break, I should say, because I, I get to sort of reorient my mind and say, okay, well, they're not Democrats anymore. They're actually communists. The dictatorial communists have decided that they are going to lower gas prices and lower gas prices to win the elections come November. They'll just need enough, and then they can go ahead and manufacture the rest of the votes, right? I think that's kind of, you know, more or less what, what they're going to do. Then they're going to ask the Saudis for a little bit more, 150,000 barrels. What is that going to get us? I think we estimated out of 150,000, uh, out of a barrel, <laughs> you get 44 gallons of gas, I think is what it is. Yeah. Well, global global uh, daily consumption is, approaches 100 million barrels a day. So an extra 150,000 a day is really not going to move yeah. the needle all that much. There you go. UAE, uh, this is as high as they can get. The energy minister, Suhail al-Mazoure, <laughs> I just like saying that, has said the UAE's oil production is near to capacity 
based upon its current OPEC production baseline, which is 3.168 million barrels per day. That's all they can push out. In light of the recent media reports, I would like to clarify that the UAE is producing near to our maximum production capacity on its current OPEC production baseline. The White House has been contacted for comment. French and Saudi officials have also been contacted for comment. No one has said a thing. Here's here's the reason why the cost of oil has started increasing, according to the report from Newsweek. Supply shortages and recovering demand from the COVID-19 pandemic. How long are you going to be able, if you were talking to a Sri Lankan right now, and you told them, you said, uh, you know what, uh, wh- why is the, the price rising so high? Uh, supply shortages and recovering demand. No, this is on purpose. The pandemic, the great reset. They're sitting there laughing in your face, and the Sri Lankans know it. They absolutely know. They know more than what United States citizens being fat, happy, and comfortable TikToking all day don't know. They know that the writing's on the wall and they are suffering. You have yet to feel that suffering because we've got an election to get through and then we'll let you feel the suffering. Right? Isn't that the way that it's all going to work? Here's You want to know what Biden's leverage is in, in all of this? Besides poking the bear and you ever think that as long as Biden is president, we're ever going to get anywhere with the Russians? This, is, this, this would be a reason why you need Donald Trump back. This would be a reason why you need Ron DeSantis as president or Donald Trump. Because they are going to be able to leverage themselves to a point where we're going to get back into the negotiating ring and actually have someone that we can trade with once again. And push more of that oil that they have and traded in dollars, possibly. I doubt that that will ever. Will we ever return to a dollar-based oil trade from Russia, Dowd, if you had to guess? I'd probably mm. say no. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be rubles forever. <laughs> so if you're sitting here scratching your head, wondering what's going to become of the world, well, they've set the stage. They're letting you know. And the U.S. is not going to play a huge part in the on the negotiating table. We're insulated, insular. We're focused inwards. We are only interested in ourselves, period. Are we interested in figuring out where we are on the global stage? No longer. We're not needed in Saudi Arabia. Don't renew your Middle East pushes. We don't need to keep the peace for anything anymore. Putin's got that. China's got that. India and Pakistan got that. Heck, even Australia and South Africa have a bigger part to play than the United States in some regard. It was interesting last week that Joe Biden decided, of all the times, to start complimenting the three-letter agencies. He started making awards and complimenting the CIA and the FBI. And I thought, that's curious timing. First thing that went to my head is like, oh, these three-letter agencies are going to be starting to use against their own citizens. People who disagree with the platform and the baselines and the policy positions of the current party and the current leadership in charge. This is why I say they're communists. This is what happened in the 20s and the 30s. And let's go back to when this all sort of started. If you go back to the beginning of communism, right, this all started over a little headline happening with a couple of labor people back in like 1905. And it graduated and graduated all the way until 1922, 1923. 
when it completely flipped and it ruled itself as a dicta uh, dictatorial under Stalin, communist leadership. And then they all outed each other and got rid of each other. And then you had the Gulag Archipelago and you had all that other stuff started to take place. And you needed to understand at that point that that took decades to achieve. I'd say we're probably pretty close to the beginning of that, the same exact way, maybe about 10 years ahead of that, about 1914-1915. I cannot believe that these leaders got together and decided to go ahead and put their finger in the chest of Vladimir Putin at a time when there's real conflict in the Ukraine. They must not care about the Ukraine. Vladimir Zelensky's over there looking at Boris Johnson like, hey, bro, uh, I'm sorry that you're gone, but I got nothing else. No one else is saving me. No one else is trying to help us. You're all we had. You were the only people who were really supporting us. Ukraine will fall, no doubt about it, as especially as the hubris and the overconfidence from the G7 countries continues. And the war continues internally. Canada is warring with its own citizens. Its citizens don't know what to expect from its leaders. Certainly, uh, Japan is probably the only bright spot anywhere in the world. Italy, that's run by a liberal banker. He's brand new after replacing Conti. Emmanuel Macron just got reanointed for another four years. They're laughing him and Trudeau all the way to the bank. There's a lot to get to. I think we should probably start covering uh, Shinzo Abe here and, of course, the vaccines, uh, etc. I'd like to get your thoughts uh, very quickly, Dowd, on the Shinzo Abe. I don't know that you pay any attention at all to, to Japan, but, uh, you know, I mean, I guess people want to talk about Elon or Twitter and, you know, uh, you had a good article there with uh, the, uh, the Senate race in Pennsylvania, so we'll talk a little bit about that. But, I mean... Did that not startle you when you start to when you saw the the fall of one leader and then the fall of another leader like one day after the other? I mean, it should have impacted you. Well, I, it's uh, shocking in a country that has such stringent gun control. I can't imagine that any kind of assassination could ever happen in 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 Japan. But Eddie, what's interesting to me is the people who have tried to you know link. Abe to a kind of a Trumpian nationalism. I, I wasn't really, I don't follow East Asian politics all that much because I have my hands full here in America, but uh, he was uh, part of the movement in Japan. You know, the United States has had its thumb on Japan for so long, you know, imposing that constitution and saying yeah. you can only have military for defensive purposes. Well, I think more and more people in Japan, at least, you know, admittedly, I'm far from expert, but from, from what I read, there's been a growing sentiment in that country that, you know what? Uh, we're in a part of the world that has had a lot of bloodshed over the years. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, powerful countries in our in our zone. We've got the Korean drama. We've got J Japan. Uh, we've got China and India who uh, aren't uh, aren't are certainly not friendly with each other. Uh, maybe that only defensive military option uh, or, or the policy that's been imposed on us, uh, maybe we need to sort of step things up. Uh, I dare say even tr a Trumpian argument that these client states of the United States should start taking care of their own damn defense. Uh, and of course, the global homo movement, you know, no, 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 that's all international organizations 
controlled by Europe and the United States. So um, that was interesting, and I really need to get devote more time to Abe's lobbying for that. And and uh, I commend the people in Japan. It's their damn country, and if they want to have a military of whatever size they want, that's their business. And uh, one example of this post-World War II era of U.S. dominance and countries here and there starting to wake up and starting to say, maybe we don't want this, the best example of that, of course, would be uh, none other than Mr. Putin saying, uh, I'm not on board with this, folks. So we're, we're, I'm not going to go quietly into that great night, uh, that quiet night where we're controlled by the EU and the North American bloc, and then their little client states in Australia and little scattered around the world. So uh, I need to read more on, on, on Abe on that because I think it was an interesting point. And uh, the, the era of nationalism, I know we were told by Francis Fukuyama that history was over and everybody's, uh, we're going to have global democracy with, uh, you know, civil rights as defined by the ACLU. Uh, I think there are people all over the world, Eddie, who maybe don't want that. Uh, they want to make their own determination. Uh, they want to be self-determining and uh, still sticking with their traditional culture. And not everybody's just surrendering to Great Reset, UN, EU, Washington, D.C. And, you know, I hate to say it, I'm, I, I side with those people over my own government, Eddie, because my own government is completely out of control. So Japan is a way ahead of uh, America on a number of different fronts. Now, Shinzo Abe was 67. Thank you, Doug. I think at the top when I started with regard to the Ukraine and the, the seizure of the uh, Crimea by Russia, at that point, they kicked them out on March 24th and said, oh, we can't get along with you. And then he said in 2017, uh, Putin said, I have no use for you anyway. Um, I just don't want you guys to continue to expand NATO. And yet you continue to expand NATO. And you saw Donald Trump say, no, we need to curb back what we're giving to, uh, to NATO because we're, we're, we're paying the lion's share. And this isn't interesting to us any longer, especially since you European, quote unquote, partners aren't partnering up monetarily and definitely not par partnering up on the military side of or excuse me, on the monetary side of things. So here's Shinzo Abe. Let's all do a little education since we're way behind the eight ball on this. He comes from a family of politicians. He had a grandfather, Kishi, having served as prime minister as well from 57 to 60. By the way, Abe was 2006 to 2008, and then he was 2012 through 2020, I believe. Okay. He held the positions, including the director general of the Japan Defense Agency. His father also held the title of Minister of Foreign Affairs. It's a long line. His, uh, from 82 to 86, served as Chief Cabinet Secretary in the 70s as well. He was a member of the House of Representatives from Yamaguchi from 1993 until his death. He served as Chief Cabinet Secretary from 2005 and 2006. Now, the Liberal Democratic Party, it's a conservative party, okay? Its political stances are aligned with the Republican Party here in the United States. He was a very controversial figure during his tenures, adorned by conservatives in Japan, but seeing as misguided by social liberals. He was characterized by a push to bolster Japan's military, strengthen the country's relationship with the U.S., and reignite a sense of nationalism he felt was lost after the World Wars. He is the most towering political figure in Japan over the past half century. He wanted Japan to be respected on the global stage in the way that he felt was deserved. He also wanted Japan to not have to keep apologizing for World War II, and he stepped down due to his health in 2020, and realistically, it was for his health. And that was just four days after he set a record for the longest-running Japanese prime minister, as reported then by the New York Times. So 
What was he doing? You take a guy who had resigned because of his health. He was shoring up support for the conservatives in Japan. If you think this is just some sort of, you know, random occurrence, if you didn't think that someone didn't MK Ultra this guy and send somebody out there to go and take him out, then you are completely wrong. I mean, the globalists wanted Shinzo Abe gone one way or the other. He was shot in the right side of his neck around 11.30 a.m., according to the Inter International Affairs and Communications in Tokyo, okay? While speaking at a campaign rally, this would be uh, akin to, you know, Barack Obama uh, campaigning. What if somebody had done something like that to Barack Obama? Think about how upside down this world would be. Or, I don't know, George Bush or, you know, Bill Clinton or any of our former presidents, okay? He was speaking at a campaign ahead of Japan's upper house elections, which happened yesterday. And we'll get to the results of that, which are very interesting. He then collapsed and was immediately rushed to the medical university for treatment where he died. He was struck in the bullet deep enough to reach his heart, not just the neck, apparently. And surgeons, and it was a plastic gun. Apparently a 3D printed gun, I, I do believe. Um, they, the, the details are, are pretty sketchy on all that. Now, let's see what you can find out about uh, that since you referenced the gun control. So here's what, here's what went on in the elections. It's not a day. And they had a record turnout after this. And this is what you don't want to do, liberals. You don't want to rush the streets. You don't want to protest. And you certainly don't want to hurt conservatives. Now, in, in Britain, they did it, you know, the very formal way. We'll remove him. We'll all self-sacrifice. 38 of our uh, other representatives will resign until we force Prime Minister Boris Johnson to go ahead and resign, which he's done. He's going to be replaced on, on the 6th. Japan's ruling Liberal Democratic Party, conservative, strengthened its tight hold on parliamentary elections on Sunday, overshadowed by the senseless killing of Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. Just two days before the vote, Prime Minister Fumio Kishida may now have all the power he needs. And he wasn't even very conservative from the reports that I'm reading. To push through major reforms, including some of the goals, such as the revision of the Japanese constitution that Abe had aimed at, which Dowd had already just referenced, which is making sure that it's not just a defense military, it's an actual military that can go on the attack. Why is that important? Uh, hence, Taiwan and China. Hmm. Starting to pay attention, are you? Japan's national diet elects half of its members every three years, half. Well, the prime minister is selected by the House of Representatives, the lower house. With the new results, the LDP and its coalition partner, the more socially liberal Komito, now have more than 60% of the seats in the House of Councilors, the upper house, and 63% after yesterday in the House of Representatives. That literally guarantees them the leadership of the executive in Japan. It exceeded all expectations, winning 63 seats of the 125 at stake to make a comfortable majority in Japan's less powerful House of Counselors. It was not clear what part Abe's assassination played in boosting public support for the party. This portion written by Foreign Policy, which is a left-leaning uh, 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 rag. The clear loser was the main opposition party, the Liberal Constitution Democratic Party, which lost six seats and now controlled just... 16% of the House of Council. What's the lesson there? 
you start to protest, you start to turn violent, the people respond. It's not just in London, not just in Tokyo, not just in D.C. It's happening throughout each of those countries, and people will respond during the election. The problem is, is you have a much more honest media in Japan. Japan is just a news service. There's no tailoring. There's no holding back. Like, the news is the news is the news. I think if people were actually getting real news, we'd almost be voting conservative, you know, 70% of the time based upon what we're hearing. But we've been programmed and gaslit to the point where we feel awkward about having any sort of, you know, countercultural, which in my opinion are very traditional opinions. Here's what's happening in Japan, very similar to here. Price inflation in Japan remains only 2%, low by global standards, but there are threats of cost push stagflation. Do you know how long Japan has been experiencing stagflation and negative interest rates? The corporate goods price index, the main measure of wholesale prices, surged 9.1% in May in Japan, and they have something called, similar to our PPI, the import price index was up 43.3% on a year-on-year basis. So what's happening? What did they try to do here? They tried to gaslight the entire people of Japan by saying, well, this guy was very upset and he was a member of the Unification Party and he wanted to blame Shinzo Abe and his party for all the economic ills that Japan is now impacted by, especially during this global globalized inflation. And it didn't work. Because they get good information in Japan, unlike we here in the United States and even in London. So are there more lessons to sort of take away here? Well, yeah, you got rid of the last, you know, strong conservative really of the G7. And Shinzo Abe was certainly had a greater influence than the current prime minister of Japan. His political party winning a supermajority in the parliamentary elections. Now, let's go to London, okay? We need to pay attention to that. And for you people who read The Economist, good for you. You're probably more ahead of it than I am. I'm sure Dowd, back when you were at GW, used to read The, the Economist. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. What you, your go-to to keep up with everything. You felt like you weren't in the know if you didn't read it. Here's the process to replace UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson. And yes, folks, we'll talk about murders and all the local stuff, city council and homelessness. I mean, all that stuff pales in comparison to what's really happening in this world. I mean, Dowd, as you're hearing this, it, 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 am I off, do you think, on this in terms of focusing on, uh, on what we're paying attention to today? Hey, think globally, act locally. Uh, act globally, <laughs> think lo- global. Uh, well, I, I forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been some time. I mean, we're playing a little catch-up. So Boris Johnson has announced that he will step down as British Prime Minister. Today was his last G7 visit, okay, out in uh, Germany. Here is how this is all going to come down. The Conservative Party's 1922 Committee of Backbench Lawmakers, 2022, the process for the selection of the new leader, the members of Parliament control the process of selecting a final two, whereupon 200,000 members of the Conservative Party get to vote. So what do we get? Nominations and first eliminations. Nominations to be a leader of the Conservative Party are open until tomorrow. Candidates must have the support of at least 20 lawmakers to advance. Who already has the support of 20 lawmakers? Well, there you go. It is none other than the person I just told you. She is the first one to get that support, and that is Kemi Badenoch. 
liberal. She wants to tell the truth. Former Brexit minister Steve Baker said he will not stand and stand and announce he will back Attorney General Sula Braverman. Okay, there's going to be about 12 or 13 different candidates, all right? It'll be whittled down to like six or so in the next few days. Prime Minister Johnson resigned, says after dozens of government ministers quit, he has said he intends to stay on in Downing Street until a successor is chosen. You can't get rid of him before that. I mean, legally, it just it just can't can't happen. Okay, so let's go back to the process of the rest of it. In the first round of voting, candidates must have the backing of at least 30 lawmakers to advance. That's on Wednesday, okay? And then on Thursday, July 21st, which is eight days, there will be further rounds of voting by conservative lawmakers until a final two was reached. We'll know that next Thursday, saying it was likely the final two would be selected by early next week. Then they're going to have a recess on the 21st. Then they'll have a runoff. The two candidates campaign hold hustings, I guess. I don't even know what a husting is. <laughs> you know what it is? Uh, I, I, it, I, they always reference go out on the hustings as to go out and, and campaign in, okay. in flyover country. But I, I don't know the, t- the technical definition of a husting. I'm looking right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, they need the hustings among conservative party members to win their votes. The members vote by post. Brady said he wanted to an assurance that those who reached the final two would not drop out to ensure conservative members would have a say. And then on September 5th, a new prime minister is announced. We'll be much more liberal. And here's the worst part about all of this. We'll probably want to join the European Union. Guaranteed. Yep, yep. Guaranteed. That's going to be the main qualification within the conservative party. And this is going to be akin to overthrowing by the rhino Republicans of overthrowing Donald Trump. Let's not forget, folks. Donald Trump wasn't impeached once, but twice. And there was a lot of Republican help in getting him impeached. Let's not forget that either. This is the very same thing. And what are they all so incredibly worried about here? They're worried about conservatives taking over the world, about the globalists losing out. Like, this is their last push. This is all they've got, and it's all hands on deck. And they're going to bring everything from the the next vax mask uh, policy along with the uh, whatever the next Centaurus. Is that the next uh, uh, variant? The scariant? (laughs) That's coming out. It's just ridiculous. They're going to push that. They're going to push the the war in Ukraine and, and Russia. Prices are going to go to the roof to the point where you're just going to get on your knees and you're going to beg for gas to be $5. You're going to be begging for them to, to cut gas to $5. That's what we're going to get at this point. Because Joe Biden's going to come back from Saudi Arabia and say, what? Well, they didn't give us the deal. We didn't get what we needed. We're going to go ahead and say how bad Saudi Arabia is going to be. You think Russia's going to flinch? You think Saudi Arabia is going to flinch? They're already at max capacity. There's nothing else that they can do for the United States. We are at our end here. We've got no more leverage. We've got no more negotiating power. And you have the worst president in the history of this country currently at the helm. Handing the keys to the kingdom over to the BRIC countries, Brazil, Russia, India, and China. And on our side, we got six of the seven G7 uh, leaders, all liberal. Biden, the Italian, everybody but Japan. 550-5500, that's 550-5500. Very dense, a lot to get to, uh, really. I mean, there's just so much to kind of, but I think we need to take a bigger view of the world. I think part of the problem is we've been so focused 
on what's happening here locally. Like while they're summering and having a good time, you know, getting together, they're handing us to the dogs. They absolutely are. I can't, I don't see it any other way. Here we go. Uh, a lot of people texting in on a lot of this, probably they're getting a lot of stuff off their chest. Shinzo Abe was very much against the Chinese hegemony. That's, there you go. There's the, there's the connection there, uh, which is preventing the invasion of Taiwan. They need that. The Taiwan invasion by the Chinese is coming. No doubt about it. They also killed Shinzo Abe on the anniversary of the invasion of Japan into China. So it was 100% led by the Chinese. No doubt in my mind. This is perfect. You guys are always on it more than I am. Moreover, the decision to... Okay, so we'll, we'll move away. Sri Lanka. Here we go. We'll talk about that next. Sri Lanka got taken down because they tried to implement 100% green organic farming. Yep, disaster. Yeah, so I, I guess that happened. I'm I'm unfamiliar with that, but hopefully we can jump into that a little bit more because we need to focus. This is this is what's coming. This is what the United States. This is what New Mexico is already trying to do. I'm just amazed that nobody else. Uh, I, I listened all day. I'm hearing no, none of the other conservative people talking about it on any station about the G7 and everybody meeting. Biden is now referred to as Pedo Peter. Yes, uh, I saw that. in Hunter Biden's phone. Did you see that, Doubt? Uh, we'll get to no. that later on. Yeah, yeah Pedo. that was what, Pedo Peter. Uh, I know that Hunter had some unkind words to say about his stepmother. That was uh, unpleasant. Yeah, there was that. And then there was uh, Hunter uh, negotiating with a hooker uh, while he had uh, crack. He was weighing crack. Oh. In, on a scale, there's a, a video of that. We'll get to. That I, of course, today. would never say such a vulgar word, but I believe Hunter had something to say to his uh, stepmother, like "See you next Tuesday." There you go. That's pretty good. I've never heard. I maybe I have heard that. Maybe I haven't heard. That. I don't know. See you next Tuesday. <clears throat> Gene splicing. Zoth. Oh my God! Can infect any living being's DNA DNA with his, turning them into his minions. I'm not sure what that's about. We'll skip. Uh, we'll keep going. My God, how far have we fallen since February of 2021, Eddie? Marx was an unemployed loser, hipster, slacker, idiot. Stalin was literally a career criminal. If Ukraine yep. falls, Poland may be next. Why is China bolstering military ties in Latin America and the Caribbean? Here it is. This one, uh, someone found it for me. U.S. military is watching China's presence grow in Latin America, and it doesn't like where things are. Quote, unquote. I look at that from the military lens of projecting and sustaining military power for the Chinese People's Liberation Army with this expansion, Richardson said at the time. Richardson's remarks echoed those of predecessor Admiral Craig Fowler. Could this be Bill Richardson? I think so. Who told the Senate Armed Services Committee in March 2021 his final appearance as commander that China was rapidly advancing toward its goal of economic dominance in Latin America within the next decade. Beijing is also seeking to establish global logistics and basing infrastructure in our hemisphere in order to project and sustain military power at greater distances. Wow. So right on cue. Uh, Eddie, thank you. No one else has talked about the G7 meeting. I appreciate that. They've been poking Putin for eight years, and they keep putting up NATO on his border. Yeah. They're, they could only be wanting to, to, to send us to, to global war. I can't think of anything else. Uh, Eddie, that Richardson was uh, the head of Southern Command, the geographic uh, command for the military, uh, Southern meaning South America, the United States, not Bill Richardson. But uh, I, I, I thought it might have been Bill Richardson, too. <laughs> well, I just I don't know many yeah. Richardsons on a global stage. So uh, there we go. We got a lot more to get to. I think we should probably talk a little bit about 
you know, the similarities between Boris Johnson and Donald Trump and how it's the moonbat uh, mommies out there and the left that have essentially, you know, pushed this, I think, to the point where it's at. And then we should also talk about uh, Boris Johnson's role in Kiev. I mean, I think he was basically Zelensky's, one of his best buddies. Absolutely. I mean, yep. those guys were, were, were straight up tight. He, he, he loved uh, Zelensky almost as much as uh, as Richard Branson loved Zelensky. <laughs> oh, that's really something. All right, uh, we're going to hit the top of the hour. Uh, thanks, everybody, here for listening right here in the Kiva on AM 1600 KIVA, dot com. I'm still operating off of another computer in order to run my show. I've got uh, one more day, and unless it's uh, fully automated, I can tell you, there's not a whole lot I can really uh, do in terms of monitoring uh, uh, both... Uh, both computers, but we have made huge head road, uh, inroads uh, with the uh, radio station. The playing of the commercials, I know, has been a little bit. I've been working with the technical people to make sure that they're good every single time. But um, you know, I'm like I said, I'm like 90, 95 percent there, uh, pretty much ready. Dow, did you release an article today, by the way, in Rock Talk Chat? Uh, yes, I did. It's the one year anniversary of Sir Richard's flight. Let's talk about that when we return. We'll kick things sure. off and we'll bring it back to. Uh, you know, uh, Boris Johnson. I definitely want to talk about uh, Sri Lanka. We'll do that next hour. And then your first case of monkeypox uh, here in the state of New Mexico. Just in time, folks, for the election. Uh, we'll do that when we return. Albuquerque's macro aggression, Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Rock of Talk on AM1600KIVABQ.FM, Rock of Hour two coming at you here in the ABQ on this Monday afternoon, Moon Day. We'll have a new segment coming up next week. Uh, we'll call it Moonbat Mondays. That'll help me uh, present uh, that because uh, we have too many Moonbats and they need their own time and place and uh, way to relax here in the Kiva. Don't forget you catch us on Roku TV, Amazon Fire Apple TV, Podcasting, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And as always, you can find us on rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com and become a subscriber directly at rockoftalk.chat. Let's see if we can get some decent video here of uh, Dowd so uh, his mom can see him. And, uh, <laughs> we have a one-year anniversary there. Uh, uh, Eddie, uh, we, could, we could kick off Moonbat Monday today because we just heard – I wouldn't call him a moonbat. I'd call him a doddering old fool who reads what moonbats put in front of him, uh, the current occupant of the White House. Uh, the slaughter of American America's children by guns and the evil gun culture and the evil NRA and the evil gun owners of America. Uh, this claim that uh, gun violence is the leading cause of, of the death of children in the United States. Uh, the best gun researcher in America, his name is John Lott. He's a, he's a lawyer yeah, uh, and a... Yeah. Uh, in fact, yeah, I was at Freedom Fest in Vegas a couple uh, summers ago, and I, I got to have a long conversation with him. We were both working our respective booths there. Uh, he has a, a wonderful debunking of this. So when they talk about children, they're talking about newborn babies up to the age of 19-year-olds. That's their category for children. Now, if you think a beautiful little toddler who's uh, toddling around and learning their, their ABCs is equivalent to a 19, 18, 17-year-old hardened gangbanger with the teardrop tattoo for the people he's offed, uh, you got another thing coming. Uh, defining children as including people who are uh, in their late teens is a common approach by gun control advocates, but 
between 75 and 80% of firearm injuries and deaths for those under 20 involve 17, 18, and 19-year-olds. You're talking about three-quarters, uh, vast majority, hardened, gangbanger, gun, you know, cr- uh, drug violence on the streets. This is not the beautiful little cherubic uh, toddler toddling around your, your home if you're a grandparent or, or, or parent. So uh, let's kick off the inaugural Moonbat Monday by saying, Joe Biden, you know nothing what you're, of what you're talking about, and uh, maybe if you had half a brain, you wouldn't read what the Moonbats put in front of you to read. Uh, repeat this line, right? Didn't you do that this uh, past week, right? Right, right. Uh, yep, incredible. yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I know that uh, a lot of what they have is, you know, can be debunked. And, you know, I think for our listeners out there, I think what they need to understand is we need to just stop engaging it. Like when you hear this stuff, just don't even engage it. It's just all, it, it's on purpose. It's senseless. And for us to get emotional about it, like I'm looking at the front page of, of this. What is this? Uh, the Albuquerque Urinal it says APDID's 15 year old who died in. That's the only time they wrote 15 year old. That's the last time I could think of that the Albuquerque Journal, this is how you know it's a liberal, disgusting rag of a paper, is when it comes to someone uh, who is a, a minority victim, they'll say the age of the person. It's few and far between where they do because they have to create this, well, the police shot and killed or killed a 15-year-old. Do we ever talk about Victoria Martins and her age? Do we ever talk about the, the young kids and the kids in their age and, you know, their drug-addicted mothers, fathers, uh, handlers, um, elders? We, we, they, they just don't do that. And it's called, you know, tailoring the news so they can, they can get an emotive response uh, out of that, which is exactly what Joe Biden is doing. That's all that's happening right there is the young kids. Uh, it's for the kids. It's for the, don't you care about education? I feel like the Department of Education was literally created to give the Democrats a platform to run on. And remember, we're not calling them uh, Democrats anymore. The, the dictatorial communists at this point. That's what they need to be referred to as. Um, and we'll, we'll get into this a little bit later. This is not front page news, in my opinion. Um, uh, the guy was probably born to lose from the beginning. Uh, what was he doing in the House? Why does the, the police officers need to employ tear gas? And uh, are, are, the, are the police officers firemen? Now, they might be culpable in all this. There could be rules of engagement. There could have been all sorts of things that could have been done. Hindsight's twenty twenty, But they were trying to deal with a situation, uh, and there was no gun fire. Uh, uh, <clears throat> nigh a bullet wound to the uh, man who died, Keont Kelly. Uh, by the way, who has a... A fantastic uh, beard for a 15-year-old. Uh, <laughs> Early development. Um, uh, so here we go. Let's see. Um, Ro- no, Rosano. Excuse me. 15-year-old Brett Rosano. Sorry. Police initially... I got the wrong guy. Police initially said the teen was believed to be 14 years old. The results of an autopsy cited the cause of death as smoke inhalation and also confirmed that Rosano was not shot by anyone as some bystanders alleged. Now there's protesters in pink and purple hair that mm-hmm. they are on page, just as you do, as uh, you do during an election year. You, you try to make it about George Floyd or racism or whatever. Hours after the teen's body was pulled from the charred home, deserts gathered at East Central to protest the death, waving signs that said, Black Lives Matter. <laughs> How about black mayoral candidates? Do they matter? I guess not. <laughs> Uh, Rosenau died as police tried to get 27-year-old Keont Kelly out of a home near Southern in Pennsylvania. APD and Kelly's had violated probation for armed carjacking and stolen vehicle charges, blah, blah, blah. 
the same old thing like anybody cares let's see there he is oh my baby brett rosenall funeral expenses he's already got fifteen thousand dollars nice it's gonna be a nice funeral yeah hire the singers you know bring them all in oh my baby well, what was he doing in there here we go um let's see <sighs> on wednesday evening detectives tracked kelly down at home at 8100 block of san joaquin Rosenau went to the home with Kelly. Okay, there you go. Rosenau went to the home with Kelly. Ah! Let me let me repeat this. The 15-year-old went with the 27-year-old to the home. Here we go. Now we get to the meat of so a little bit of truth and all this write-up of the pictures and the the Rosenau funeral expenses and everything. Here we go. Here we go. I'm gonna take. Sorry, Dad. Now, go for it. Go for it. The, uh, <laughs> Forget it, folks. He's rolling. <laughs> uh, here we go. Let's let's get let's get to this top to bottom. Here we go. Front page of the Albuquerque Journal this Monday, July the 11th. Uh, get ready for the election. Here we go. Kelly surrendered, and Rosenau's body was subsequently found inside. So, okay, Wednesday evening, detectives tracked Kelly down at home, 8100 block of San Joaquin. Rosenau went to the home with Kelly before the standoff began. According to police, the SWAT team threw tear gas canisters and shot chemical munitions inside the home. What is chemical munitions means nothing to me. That's bad reporting. And more than an hour later, the house was on fire. By what? Did the police start it? What started the fire? An hour later? An hour later. That's a lot of time for mischief. So now we got an hour later and we got chemicals. So now, okay. A police officer didn't even shoot anybody. And they're getting blamed for this. And a fire started at a house. Oh, there we go. Arson investigators are now working to determine how the house caught fire. Well, the protesters say that I, we know exactly how the house caught. There was police. And because there was police police in the area, they must have been the purpose. <laughs> Chemical <know>. warfare. <laughs> APD chief Gerald Harold Molina has acknowledged a possibility. Oh, here we go. Boy, this is a th this guy's a real liberal, a real idiot, Chief Medina. He can't even protect his own police. Oh, they, yeah, it's a possibility. I think it, it could have happened that the devices used to introduce irritants into the home may have sparked the the blade. We don't know. Why would you even seed any of that? Like, you're almost admitting liability. If you were my police chief and I was your mayor, you'd be fired. Like, right there. Because you can't shut up. There's an investigation. There's a, an entire process that we have to go through so we can make the determination. We have to obviously do what we can to help the family. We have to do what we have to. Uh, why did it, this all happen? You should be out in front of this, Mayor Tim Keller. And you should be out in front of this, Harold Medina. No, instead you're chasing because you don't know, because you had your head up your asses. Let's continue. In our effort to track down, arrest a violent criminal, a young person tragically lost his life. How do we know it was just a young person? And what was the young person doing with the criminal? Was this the criminal? Is this the case of mistaken identity? We're, I'm, I'm, I'm open to that now. <sighs> Medina said in a statement, I know many people in our community are hurting right now. Why? Because they're protesting? That doesn't mean anything. Protests don't mean crap. A protest is useless. It is completely and totally useless. Oh, you're upset about something. Do you even understand what happened here? 
You know how the fire started. You know who the guy was that he was with. Why are you raising $16,000 for a guy who is with a criminal? I mean, this this, this family is going to get a windfall of probably 40, 50 grand. Oh. I'm probably helping them right now because I'm so heartless and mean, right? In an effort to track down our arrest and criminal, a violent criminal, a young person tragically lost his life. I know many people in our community are hurting right now and appreciate everyone's patience while the incident is thoroughly investigated. Medina said if any of his department's actions inadvertently caused the contribute to the death, we will take steps to ensure this never happens again. Oh, isn't that the, the story every time? But if you don't know, how do you cast blame on the people who were there? A fundraising site has uh, for the teens. The teens. Are, are, what about the rest? You know how many people under the age of 17 have lost their life? Who, are, who have been murdered in the city of Albuquerque this year? Well, we'd know that. We had a Thursday show. But it's seven. Seven under the age of 17. Though all kinds of facts and circumstances have not come out, I do know that Brett was not involved in the SWAT situation. How do you know he was not involved in the SWAT situation? This makes no sense. If he was in the house and the violent criminal was in the house, how could you say that he was not involved in the SWAT situation? And why does the Albuquerque Journal feel compelled to print such a quote? Aren't they the real, isn't the Albuquerque Journal the real instigators in all of this? Putting this on the front page, Tim Keller not getting out in front of it. See, they're, all they're doing is marshalling their resources to go ahead and, and they make everything political and they make everything racial. <clears throat> I was not mentally, emotionally, financially prepared for this phone call I received this morning as a mother. <clears throat> as a mother, you would never have imagined you would be attending your child's funeral, of course. Yes. And that's, I'm sad for the family that they lost there. But what was this 15 year old? They have, they have him holding a dog, by the way, not hanging out. I don't see any uh, pictures with him hanging out with uh, Keont Kelly. Uh, don't, don't, nothing there. Friday afternoon, flowers had been set outside the chart and boarded up home. Tim Keller expressed his condolences to Rosano's family and friends in the statement. No matter what the circumstances were, a boy's life was tragically cut short. Something no person, no parent should uh, experience. Every single life is invaluable. Oh, well, he should be crucified for that. Black Lives Matter should immediately withdraw uh, because Tim Keller just said all lives matter. Did he not <laughs> just say that? Uh -huh, you just uh -huh. All lives matter. You Black lives matter. You better pull your support of Tim Keller right there. Well, and Eddie, the, 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 the introduction there, no matter what the circumstances were. Uh, sorry, Mayor. The circumstances matter highly. If this 15-year-old was hanging around with a 27-year-old criminal and up to no good, it's relevant to the discussion. doesn't necessarily mean the kid deserved to die, but to say that the circumstances don't matter, they matter enormously. All right, here we go. So let's get into this, shall we? This this, this is good. Uh, you're welcome to call in if you happen to know anything else about this. I'd love to know more about this. I love it when they put this out in front and nothing's complete yet, and they make it seem like this is going to be the police's fault, and then they want to bring in the DOJ, and then the very same time, no, we can't complain about uh, you know the level of crime here because what about the criminals? And this is another one of the, about the criminals uh, type of article. If you know anything else about this, please call in 550-5500. A multi-agency task force has investigated the incident. We'll and by the way, you can find this in the Albuquerque Journal. Um, and will forward its findings to the district attorney's office for a decision on whether any criminal charges are also warranted. APD <laughs> what they just told you is they have agencies investigating other agencies for the loss of life. 
Are the same agencies also involved in solving the murders of the city of Albuquerque? I'd like to know that. Are, are they that, are they that worried about it? Or are they just worried about stuff that they're involved in? Because I'd like to know about the other dead people that are unsolved, about 65% of them. APD is also conducting an investigation to determine if policies were followed throughout the incident. This is, you see, you see right here in front of you, they're changing everything to know what happened, how this happened, tragic incident to this is APD's fault. This is classic election year, classic election year. Propaganda. And Gallegos noted that APD is required to report details of the investigation of the Department of Justice. Here we go. The independent monitor. Part of the court settlement agreement, APD is also pledging to release video. Oh, here we go. Release. You know what is really going to help? I don't know if you guys all remember what happened up in uh, the hills uh, back in the day when the homeless man was shot. But uh, we, we had riots in the streets, basically, uh, because a homeless man was shot up in the hills who was very violent, who attacked a police officer, who literally marshaled in the Department of Justice uh, stuff that brought in under Barry, mind you. All this stuff happened. Not even a Republican mayor could have saved it that well, if you call Barry a Republican, that is. APD is also pledging to release video from the instance because that's helpful. We're going to look at lapel camera as they tear gas a house. And then we're somehow we're going to make the connection. So we're going to have to sit and watch an hour's worth of tape and wait for the fire to start. And then we're going to have to blame the police officers because that's the way the media is going to spin this. That's the way Tessa and, you know, Jessica and the rest of these chicks on their little news stations are going to spin this crap. That's what's going to happen. Okay. believe me later. The SWAT team responded around 9 p.m. SWAT officers from APD and the Berlingo County Sheriff's Office tried for several hours to convince them to peacefully exit the home. Several hours out. I don't know about you, but that seems to be uncooperative. I'm sure the 15-year-old at some point who uh, lost his life probably had an opportunity and a choice to walk out of the house. I'm sure Keon Kelly, unless he had a gun to his head, <clears throat> the teams, uh, I hope I'm wrong about every single one of these things, but I know I'm not. I, I really wish I were wrong about any of this. I really do, folks. <clears throat> the teams also use strategies such as public address announcements and placing a phone into the residence to make contact with the two males. Okay. Uh, who are the two males? Uh, Keon Kelly and, I don't know, Richard Smith? No, it's Keon Kelly and <laughs> the kid who died. Rosenau. He added the crisis negotiators never heard from Kelly or Rosenau. I don't even know what else to say after this. How about we surrender? That would have been a nice thing to hear. I mean, I... On. over the next several hours, the SWAT team used tear gas and other chemicals. Here we go. Build, build up your case against the APD to get Kelly to surrender. Police said around 1 a.m. The last flameless. Oh, here we go. We're finally getting specific. 90% of the way into the article. Tri-chamber tear gas canister was thrown into the home. More than an hour went before smoke began billowing from the inside. That's a long time. If you're going to spark wow. a, a fire with a, with an explosive device, that fire is going to happen pretty quickly, I imagine. Firefighters <sighs> responded around 2:45 and were forced to fight the fire from outside due to the ongoing standoff. Did, did they did they need help? Uh, they had a phone inside. They sent in a phone. Two people are inside. One's dead. And I can tell you some good ways to make fifteen thousand one hundred fifty-two dollars. Kelly came out as the fire still burned, and after the flames were extinguished, Rosenau's body was found inside. How do we know that Kelly didn't set the fire 
How do we know that Kelly didn't wasn't raping Rosenau? What's a 27-year-old hanging out with a 15-year-old anyway? From the look, uh, yeah, from the looks of it, <clears throat> how do we know? Police say Kelly suffered burn injuries and was taken to a hospital for treatment before being booked into jail. Said that beyond the warrants, he was warranted for questioning during the 20, uh, June 26th shooting of Lenny Fresquez, Leonard Fresquez, for a recent armed robbery on May 5th, the 7600 block, in which someone fired an automatic weapon toward officers. Gargos and other detectives discovered a gun in the car Kelly arrived in. While APD acknowledges the possibility that the devices in use could have sparked the house fire, this is the third time they said that, the agency noted that they are designed to indoor use to minimize the likelihood of igniting a fire, and no fires have been reported over the many, many years they have been used in Albuquerque. Yet your chief of police and your mayor have both apologized and said, hey, it's a possibility. Now, the, the purpose of both of those positions, both the chief of police and the mayor, is to limit the liability to taxpayers. And yes, I'm going to make this a math problem, as heartless as I am, because this could be turning out into a payment of millions upon millions of dollars. I wonder what attorney is going to be representing for the windfall that's going to be coming from the city of Albuquerque. And most notably, guess who's going to help them do it? The Albuquerque Journal. I guarantee the attorney is going to show up in the courtroom. He's going to walk in the courtroom. He's going to say, Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, this was 15-year-old Rosenau. The Albuquerque Police Department was under the careful watch of your Department of Justice for a litany of things that it has committed over its last 10 years. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I ask that you consider for a moment the lack of following the procedures, the fact that Officer A has been having marital problems, that Officer B has been having, is a recovering drug problem, and Officer C has bad credit, and they're all under severe stress and did not follow the proper procedures. And because they did not follow the proper procedures and they decided to go ahead and fire in that tear gas, and they knew at some point, as I've already told you, the, the house was small. There was only so many rooms that they could have gone into. And based upon the activity that they were able to monitor, they had five hours, ladies and gentlemen, five hours, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, to go ahead and see where they were located. And it's not that hard. Even you, as you will soon find out, even you could have determined where they were at. These police officers could have prevented the death of 15-year-old teen Rosenau, but they, they chose to not do that. The city of Albuquerque has blood on its hands. Uh -huh. The police department has blood on its hands. And I ask that a family, this mother over here, let's see. We're going to see her, her face, right? I ask you to give family members of Mr. Rosenau the $65,000 that it took for them to bury their child is not enough. No amount is enough to satisfy the family of the loss of their young teen boy who showed so much incredible promise, who showed so much incredible. Just look how sensitive he is here with his dog. He just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, got locked in with this guy because he was trying to help Keont Kelly out, his friend, his brother's friend, his, his uncle's buddy. 
whatever you want to go ahead and say at that point, right? I ask that you rule. <laughs> I can see it now. <laughs> rule in 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 uh, an advantage of, my, of 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 the family of Mr. Rosenau in the amount of six and a half million dollars. That's right. And, and Tim Keller's going to turn around and say, "Yep." <laughs> Your Honor, don't even go to the jury. I ask for a directed verdict right now. That's Give right. him the money. Give him the money, and that's, that's the way it's going to go. So, because it's an election year, and they say, "Whoa, we got a six and a half million dollar donation. We did this whole Black Lives Matter routine, and uh, we tried it out a couple of years ago. We did this whole thing again, and we made this racial, made it front page, and boom, Bob's your uncle, and we got uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham uh, reelected." <laughs> With yeah, the help of the other. Albuquerque Journal. <laughs> well, Eddie, you know, I, I came into this whole uh, crew. I'm coming up on my 30th anniversary in October. Yeah. I came into this in media bias. You, you, you read all the highlights of this article, but I, I want to make sure people understand the last three paragraphs, okay, of a rather long article. These days, articles are shorter than they've ever been in, in newspapers, or yeah. as I'm reading now well, online. Um, two reporters on it. Why, why were the cops after this 27-year-old? Okay, third to the last paragraph, oh, yeah, I read that. they mention, oh, by the way, the reason they were after this guy, he was wanted to questioning for a shooting uh, in a recent armed robbery and another shooting in which someone was firing an automatic weapon at officers. Then they mentioned that after the uh, uh, you know after the incident is over, they found that the guy they're looking for had a gun in his car, and you know with this guy's rap sheet, I, that's probably illegal. Then in the very last paragraph, they acknowledge, oh, uh, the the this uh, the, this chemical weapon. There have been no fires ever reported in all the years that we've been using this. That that's called bias by placement. They put highly relevant information at the very end of the article instead right. of including it at or near the top which and when you when you ignore that until the very end you will read through that article thinking the worst until you get the highly relevant information right at the end but you've already read the bulk of the article saying oh they they went out and they just straight up murdered this 15 year old boy yeah. um that is bias by placement ladies and gentlemen and these two so-called journalists said he uh reese reason and salazar you guys should be ashamed of yourself that is important information that should have been included in the first five paragraphs i would say well they write uh they write for clicks and uh let's not forget you know these are uh matthew risen was here in my studio i've never met martin salazar but uh, you know they don't have any good things to say about uh, you know it's always the police fault you know it's always going to be an uh, officer's fault you know albuquerque police department is finding new and creative ways to kill its own citizens you know that's what they're going to say. Remember when they don't, where was the, where were the police in Uvalde? How come they didn't, you know, like, okay, is everything a policeman's fault, period? These guys wouldn't come out. They had a phone inside. They were there in a standoff for five hours. Somebody died. Honestly, I, I'm going to tell you, so what? So what? Maybe that death prevents other deaths from happening other places because maybe there's a whole lot of gangbanging going on. Just, just saying, we won't know. All that stuff's going to get covered up. That's what you're going to get. All right, 550, 500. Uh, Eddie, the issue I have with Stranger Things is that they required all the kids who were in the show or extras to be vaxxed. My kid wanted to be an extra and couldn't, and I have a hard time supporting the show because of this. Well, there you go. That's woke. That is uh, something I didn't think of. Let's see. Uh, watch the video of George Floyd arrest sometime. He was disobedient, super high, and sketchy as hell. Yep. Lack of culpability for a minority victim reminds me of women who have recreational sex and want an abortion. It's not their fault. 
let's let's try to use better let's try to use better ways of comparing if you don't mind like there i, I get it and it's raw and it's visceral but honestly like i i don't i don't want to line that up quite that way when i have to read them <clears throat> pretty obvious that the kid died in a fire that was induced by drug manufacturing solvents president of the house i'm um, just wondering if uh, any of that was ever brought up in the article whatsoever did the albuquerque did matthew risen or martin salazar ever think to even ask that question uh, let me do a little word search with my computer here. Okay, drug. I'm searching drug. No, zero, zero hits. I'm searching meth. Uh, oh, oh, something, M-E-T-H, but not, yeah. not meth in the way that I'm thinking of it. Uh, no, apparently the, the drug angle was never explored in that, no, in that article. Oh, wow. We watch uh, six seasons of Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul's coming to a head and all this, and we can ask the most obvious question that we would all probably pay attention to. Are we really this stupid collectively in Albuquerque? Are you being led? Like, you're being led by this unbelievable propagandist media arm, which encompasses all the major uh, networks and then your major newspaper and uh, other news outlets here. They're hurting now because they lost one of their suppliers for the dope they smoked. Wow. All right. Come on. Come on, Rob. Damn it. Oh, here's the Hunter Biden. Have you seen the Hunter Biden uh, pictures? Is it talk Speaking of 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 crack i mean look at this guy I, I mean the drug folks come on come on keep it clean boy he was hanging out with some real slingers uh in i don't know where this was but that's quite the iphone she's holding and holy moly i got leaked images from hunter biden's phone were hacked a couple of days ago are being circulated online the videos too i'm posting a bit of verifiable contact uh this is from dc drano from his phone on my Truth Social account, I would uh, censor my posts here going forward. American people need to see the truth about the Biden crime family. BCF. Let's see. Oh, wow. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later on in the week. How many children are aborted in the United States per year? I don't know. I know that we lose 44 people a day to um, fentanyl. And I know that fentanyl is just a more direct uh, form of COVID is really all that is i mean if you really think about it uh you can get your slow death by a covid uh if you decide to go ahead and ram and bent and you get the assisted suicide uh you know hey <laughs> hey everybody i got covid i'm gonna go get rammed and invented uh and by the way when i say rammed it's a remdesivir not uh not uh restless uh, or, or not uh rapid eye movement please i'm talking about uh remdesivir so uh, there you go. All right, Doubt, I prolonged this uh, enough. Let's get to uh, one year ago today. I was in El Paso at the time, and it was all on all the news monitors at the time that I was watching it. And um, it was just absolutely ridiculous because we saw this all coming. It was staged. There's been a lot of money committed to this and Dowd's got the blow by blow what we should be celebrating or not celebrating for the one year anniversary of uh, Virgin Galactic. Uh, yeah, folks, uh, it is the uh, one year exactly to the day, July 11th, uh, 2021 was the day in which uh, uh, the greatest economic development project in New Mexico history finally came to fruition. Uh, Richard Branson went into what Virgin Galactic claims is space. Uh, we can get into the details of whether that actually was space or not. Uh, it's a little tricky, not, not the internationally recognized boundary of space. And, uh, you know, it's the one year anniversary, and, and, and the governor was bragging about it. Uh, a lot of the old crew from the Richardson crew was on hand to brag about Sir Richard going into space one year ago. All sorts of wonderful things. There were hundreds of 
people attending watch parties all over southern New Mexico, official watch parties, uh, according to some of the press coverage. So I uh, want to give people an update, a one-year update on where things stand. But before we get to that, before we get to that, on the one-year anniversary of, you know, arguably the most important thing that's ever happened in New Mexico history, uh, I, you know, some people don't even wouldn't even consider it arguable. They would just they would just acknowledge it. it's it's the greatest thing that ever happened in New Mexico history. Uh, never mind that whole you know Trinity test or anything that you know, who, who cares about that. Uh, I went looking for. I just went looking on the the, the online uh, uh, communication tools of, of various individuals and uh, organizations that are kind of all in on on Spaceport America, our two hundred million dollar uh, giveaway to uh, to uh, Richard Branson. So went to the Spaceport America website. Um, they're not marking the anniversary, the one year anniversary. Uh, went to the Virgin Galactic website they're very slick with their pr and they they have their new purple logo uh their the, the little purple themed they, they announced that a couple of months ago uh virgin galactic's not acknowledging the one-year anniversary of richard branson's flight um our governor michelle lujan grisham a uh, big 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 supporter of course her fellow democrat bill richardson was the the father of the spaceport uh no no statements on her press release page, uh, how about our, our beautiful Alicia Keys, our very lovely, lovely woman, lovely and lovely voice-sounding woman, uh, our, our top economic development official appointed by Lujan Grisham, uh, the New Mexico Economic Development Department. No, no acknowledgement there on the one-year anniversary. Well, what about the counties? The counties, I mean, Dona Ana County and Sierra County, the voters there uh, voluntarily tax themselves. They continue to tax themselves to support uh, Spaceport America, with all the thousands of jobs that are being that have been promised for us in New Mexico at Spaceport America, Doña Ana and Sierra County went to their websites. Neither one of those governmental entities marked the one-year anniversary. How about Rebecca Dow? I mean, no bigger supporter of Spaceport America than Rebecca Dow, recently uh, a, a competitor for the Republican nomination for governor, uh, didn't didn't get it. She uh, lost to Mr. Ronchetti. Uh, huge supporter. Uh, checked her Twitter account today. One-year anniversary. Branson flight, no, nothing from Rebecca Dow. Um, how about the Republican Party? A lot of Republicans. Uh, Senator Boykin back in the day, he was carrying water down south for Bill Richardson, a Republican. Uh, Steve Pierce runs the Republican Party. It was his congressional district in, in Congress. Uh, he, he was talking about Elon Musk when he was running for, for governor and how Elon loves our spaceport, even though Elon has never had anything to do with our spaceport. Went to the Republican Party. He's the chair of the Republican Party. No, no one-year anniversary mentioned by the Republican Party in New Mexico. It's almost like all the people who matter and the institutions that matter don't even want to remember this day, but it's the most important day in, Amer in, in New Mexican history. Uh, at rockoftalk.chat, for our subscribers, less than 20 cents a day, and you need to be a subscriber if you're not one, folks, I take you through the last year, uh, maybe the might be the biggest post I've ever made on our, our Substack account here, rockoftalk.chat, looking at the last year in Virgin Galactic history, starting literally the day after Branson's flight, uh, when the stock started to really crater uh, because the company announced that it was going to sell more stock because it needed more money, uh, they floated out another $500 million worth of shares uh literally the day after a couple days after that uh, ashton kutcher very famous celebrity says yeah i'm not going up with richard branson my wife says there's no way in hell we have kids now and that that's not going to happen uh, about nine days later jeff bezos goes up in his uh, spacecraft just over the border in texas and they've gone i think five times since branson's flight virgin galactic has not launched um once they haven't launched 
once in the last year since since Branson's flight. Uh, the firing uh, of their test flight director, uh, Virgin Galactic, actually fired their flight test director, and he went to work for, oh, Jeff Bezos. Uh, that happened uh, uh, last year, not long after the flight itself. Uh, and uh, he actually posted, Eddie, a picture of himself leaving New Mexico uh, in a tweet, uh, and so it begins, hasta la vista, baby. Uh, he was on his way. Uh, he shows the sign, you are now leaving New Mexico, uh, as he's heading east to move to Florida to work for Jeff Bezos uh, uh, and, and Blue Origin. All right, so in August, the next month, uh, Virgin Galactic announced, oh, uh, this quarter we lost, uh, this past quarter we lost another $94 million. Oh, and we're actually going to um, delay our next flight for a while. Oh, and we just raised the ticket price from $250,000 to four hundred and fifty thousand dollars uh another analyst very quickly downgrades the stock there's a bunch of these examples in 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 my article i won't i won't walk you through uh, all of them then there's the technical issues the faa uh, went after uh, virgin galactic in september Uh, we're doing this chronologically they uh, had a little anomaly on branson's flight that they didn't announce publicly and they didn't inform federal regulators even though they were bound to inform them uh legally required to inform them until uh well after the fact so that was kind of a minor little glitch. Then they blamed a contractor saying that there's a defective part, so we can't fly. We're going to delay our flights again. All right, comes October. Captain Kirk goes to space with Jeff Bezos, not Richard Branson. Yeah, Uh, Virgin Galactic uh, delays its next flight again, uh, saying uh, it's actually not going to happen uh, for a a long time. We're going to uh, begin our extended maintenance period, and that's going to last for a long, long, long time. All right, uh, November turn uh, rolls around, and they have to do another earnings call. And, of course, the earnings calls with Virgin Galactic, there's never any earnings. There's just losses. Uh, $48 million they lost in the most recent um, quarter. They announced that in November. Uh, Really interesting piece, Eddie, that I did not see. It actually came to me very late. Uh, Business Insider ran a piece on, on your accommodations when you go fly with Jeff Bezos. A really interesting glamping kind of thing where you where you spend the night before you before you launch uh i was there with them as you know remember well you you were with the boys and you had the electric truck there picture Um, it's called absolutely uh the uh it's called uh launch site one where you launch from but the 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 place you your accommodations is called uh astronaut village and it's kind of a combination of there's a really nice kind of workout room and restaurant bar but you actually stay in Gulfstream trailers that they don't have pictures of the inside i don't know if they didn't allow that but they say they're really really nice individualized trailers that you stay in it looks it's kind of um it's a callback to the apollo era you know kind of looks 60s ish uh and the bar which they do have a picture of it's called the carmen line which is a real dig at uh branson because of course you don't cross the carmen line when you fly with virgin galactic because you don't cross the 100 kilometer line uh you don't uh, you don't past the barrier that the international barrier for space so it was a really interesting uh, uh series of photos of of the kind of glamping experience you have when you fly with with uh, mr bezos okay december uh, we're now into the end of the calendar year michael strahan uh I don't know much about him, but he's a television personality, pro football Hall of Famer. He goes up with uh, on Branson's uh, rocket, so that gets a whole other round of publicity. Meanwhile, nothing's happening uh, with Virgin Galactic. And then the lawsuits begin, and I've read both of these lawsuits that I'm going to be talking about. The first one is 158-page class action targeting specifically Branson and our beloved uh, Facebook former executive, uh, Chamath Palapapatia, uh, claiming that they, quote, took advantage of their possession of material non-public information to 
obtain millions of dollars in insider trading profits. That class action continues to uh, work its way through the courts. All right, the new calendar year begins in January 2022. Uh, Virgin Galactic says, oh, uh, we're out of money again, so we need more money. Uh, they float a couple hundred million dollars in debt, and uh, as a result of that, not stock, but actually debt, and it, Eddie, it's a very uh, sort of convoluted thing that these guys with MBAs from Harvard uh, can figure out. You, you, you can, you're loaning them money. You get a 2.5% rate in uh, convertible senior notes, but you can get your money back in the form of stock, depending on what the stock's price is. I mean, this is why these guys make all the, you know, all the money because they, they, they arrange these complicated financial transactions. The bottom line is they borrowed hundreds of millions of more dollars and Wall Street didn't like it. The stock continued to uh, crater. Uh, Chamath, our, our, our beloved Silicon Valley, guy. He resigns from the board of directors the following month, February 2022. Uh, this is a guy who basically arranged the public offering, the initial public offering of Virgin Galactic back in 2019, publicly said all these things about how much I believe in the company. Uh, he no longer has any personal stake in the company, and he's not even on the board of directors anymore. He cheesed it out of there. That same month, February, 135-page uh, well, Lawsuit, second lawsuit is filed against a whole bunch of Virgin Galactic executives uh, claiming that they are breaching their fiduciary duties to shareholders. It's called a shareholder derivative action in which someone owning a share uh, brings an action uh, against the board because they think the board's not acting in the company's best interest. So it's a different kind of, it's not a class action. It's called a shareholder derivative action. Uh, later that month in February, Virgin Galactic announced that it, uh, its latest quarterly loss was uh, a mere 81 million dollars. Uh, Virgin Galactic stock goes negative. Uh, Investors Business Daily uh, goes negative on, on Virgin Galactic saying, uh, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to invest with them. March, the following month, this gets us closer to our, our current time, March of 2022. Blue Origin makes its second six passenger flight up into suborbital space. It's getting so normal for Blue Origin now, they don't even put famous people on their rockets anymore. Just regular paying passengers are starting to go through it. Uh, April, something I did not report to our subscribers and our listeners, Eddie, because I saw it at the time and I just couldn't find a way to kind of introduce it into the website's bloodstream. Uh, UAE, the United Arab Emirates, uh, whatever we think about our crazy Wahhabi Arabs over there, um, they got a lot of money. They signed a deal with Branson in 2019 to build a spaceport there. In April of this year, they said, yeah, that whole deal with Branson, uh, that's over. Uh, we're going to build a spaceport with Jeff Bezos. Uh, that was only covered by a local paper in Abu Dhabi uh, back in April. Uh, moving on to May, uh, again, another earnings call as mandated by the SEC. You've got you've to report to your shareholders how you're doing. Uh, the company announces the latest loss of 93 million dollars and uh you sit down for this it's going to be really shocking folks uh they're postponing their next flight again uh in fact it's going to be a postponed until the next calendar year 2023 a couple days after that folks uh my stock my one share in virgin galactic hits its all-time low of five dollars and 37 cents my initial investment of 16 and 16 dollars and 50 cents now down uh more more than 10 bucks um a devastating analysis is published that same month by uh an online uh, stock analyst and he says that would-be space tourists are thinking that maybe blue origin is simply better at this business than virgin galactic it's more experienced it's developed a record of success in safely flying tourists uh and when weighing their options on which space company to spend their dollars on they're leaning toward the more proven operator and the one that has actually begun operating, really twisting twisting uh, the knife. A big analyst, a Wall Street analyst, Michael uh, Ciarmoli, who was a 
uh, a bull on the Virgin Galactic stock for a long, long time, shifted his rating from, uh, he shifted it to hold after being at buy, 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 all the way back to 2021. He dropped his share price target uh, by two-thirds, from $24 to $8. Okay, coming up to last month, June, Blue Origin, here's another shocker, makes its now its third in a row, six-passenger flight over there in Texas. Everybody's safe. Everybody comes back to, to Earth okay. Again, nobody even famous on that, just, you know, Regular people who can afford it are, are going up with, with Jeff Bezos. Uh, another analyst announced announced uh, felt Wells Fargo uh, began to he announced his analysis of, of Virgin Galactic for the first time. He has a four dollar price target for uh, uh, for our beloved SPCE Virgin Galactic stock. And this month, uh, I will wrap up my timeline right now on the anniversary of Branson's flight, July eleventh, twenty twenty two. Virgin Galactic stock uh, it opened for the trading day this morning, folks. At seven dollars and thirty-two cents, down eighty-five percent since twelve months ago. It has been Eddie even worse than I would have imagined a year ago. Uh, the no, this I, company I, is teetering. It is teetering, teetering, teetering. And the dolts a year ago who were crowing about how wonderful everything was at the time that the Rock of Talk was telling you the facts about what was going on, they're awfully quiet. Uh, here's my list. I just checked. All of their Twitter accounts and all of their press release pages, none of them are talking about the anniversary because I think on some level, even they might know that this scam is about to pop. <clears throat> okay. All right. That's, that's a lot to digest. And Dowd is a, uh, we, we call him our radio supercomputer, super our Dowd 3000, our beloved. I would like to never talk about Virgin Galactic uh, <laughs> again after its next reporting uh, for earnings. Because I want to go back and ask you a few things. Remember, what did I tell you about Virgin Galactic? What was going to happen to them? Uh, you predicted bankruptcy uh, a little earlier than it actually happened, but you did predict bankruptcy. We're still waiting. Someday that probably will be proven true. Uh, on top of that, it is uh, what's called a SPAC. And <clears throat> if anybody knows how SPACs work, when they are non, um, what is it? When you you can't pay your debts, whatever, <laughs> insolvent. Insolvent. <laughs> another word for it, it's just which they are. Uh, they, the only money they can get are from politicians. But the point that they become insolvent, they are actually not having to pay any money back. So the state of New Mexico is on the hook for the money for the money that it has decided to go ahead. And and Shamath Palapatia and Richard Branson have literally pocketed more than two billion dollars in the last year and a half with their share sales on this okay now today i looked at uh it again and it was down nearly 10 percent 10 percent was the stock down today. okay nasdaq uh, has marking this thing down like you cannot believe it it lost another 9.97 percent uh, the projections look complete let me give you the top five headlines Let's discuss the Virgin Galactic Holdings. <laughs> Stock forecast, uh, abysmal. Uh, let's see. Let's see. For I lost 73 cents today. Damn. Yeah. Uh, basically <laughs> one-fifth of what it was worth almost. Okay. Um, it's going nowhere. So the SPACs actually have to give the money back. Every other SPAC has to do it. But for some reason, this particular SPAC is not doing it. 
if they don't meet what they're supposed to, they have to give the, what the special purpose acquisition company has to do. And this is why this is so dangerous and they're tied up in court right now. Richard Branson is going to be personally liable, as is Chamath Palapatia, because they falsely gave out information about what they could do. Now, let's go back to the scientific piece real quick. The Carmen line. What's the Carmen line? The Carmen line is 100 kilometers. The argument about all this when we were covering this last year, my, my eyes are just rolling in the back of my head because I'm just literally, I even hate the phrase Virgin Galactic. Like, it's just a t complete and total sham, top to bottom. It's just, it's crap. It sucks. You know, it's involved with with the Democrats here in the state. It's a, it's a money grab. We're never going to get our money back because we invested that money in the spaceport. We didn't actually invest it in, in Virgin Galactic. No. The shareholders are going to get paid back before we ever will. New Mexico will never see one one cent from this, not one cent back from Virgin Galactic. They will claim bankruptcy. I don't know how soon, but they're the only thing that's holding them them off is the artificial money that they have continued to to, to pop in. Now the Carmen line is 100 kilometers. Virgin Galactic only got to 86 kilometers, and it was a two piece shot where they went 50,000 feet up into the air and then they shot up into the air and supposedly got up to 86 kilometers. I don't even think that they got that, to be honest. They had all of about 10 seconds of weightlessness, as far as I could tell. They said it in a minute. Uh, uh, based upon the person sitting in the chair, it looked like 10 seconds. Okay? This has all come up with an international uh, space line. So we failed. It should be over. We need to can this. We need to can the cheerleading media. We need to can all the politicians who supported this. I don't care who they are, what side of the aisle. I, it doesn't matter to me. Okay. Blue Origin is a real deal. I will, will not, we'll start off hour three with Elon Musk. I definitely have to talk about Sri Lanka. Um, but you need to understand that this is not an investment that has ever or will ever pay off. Will ever pay off for the state of New Mexico. We just need to let it set sail and just be done with it. And hopefully we'll never have to talk about these uh, low lives again, Dowd. I mean, I, I cannot tell you how tired I am hearing about, I am. I just, I, at this point, it's just every time we talk about it, it's a lose, 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 lose scenario. Mm -hmm. There's no positive. Like, and as a cautionary tale, New Mexico's hard-headed. The news media will continue to do whatever it possibly can to champion it and, and push it as far as they possibly can. And you know that as well as I do. All right, so uh, let me read your text real quick. We'll hit the top. Well, just quickly, Eddie, uh, who, who's been right while all the hype continues to roll year after year? Who's been telling you the facts? Who's been digging through the lawsuits? Who's been looking at the stock numbers? Who's been looking at the history? Who's been following Blue Origin and their pretty impressive uh, record? The Rock of Talk's been doing that. And if you have a subscription to a newspaper that's been lying to you about Spaceport America and Virgin Galactic for years, cancel it today and subscribe to the Rock of Talk chat. There you go. All right, here we go. Uh, Eddie, it's just so pathetic. Just called my, who's an APD detective. He tells me that the 27-year-old had two warrants for two homicides and felonies. <laughs> he was hanging out with a murderer. Your 15-year-old kid who's dead was hanging out with a murderer, FYI. But yet Good mothering. Paints the police as bad guys. So sick of everything being backwards. Everything that was good is now bad and vice versa. The country really needs a divorce. At every turn, locally and nationally, it only seems to get worse. I tell it's the invasion of the body snatchers. They're the pod people. <laughs> the Virgin Galactic mascot should be an ostrich. <laughs> Probably. Don't insult ostriches. Yeah. <laughs> it's not bad. It really, truly is.
So hit the top of the hour news, bring it back, talk about Sri Lanka. No music today. I know. I know it sucks, but still I get everything absolutely set. It's impossible for me to to do that. Um, God, what else do I I have so much to talk about. Oh, by the way, uh, ratings boost for Nielsen with Cassidy. Uh, she was at 20 million people. Why is that? You know what I think? I think that's false. I think they're manufacturing ratings now, too. Uh, we should talk about Dr. Oz. Where in the world is Dr. Oz? Elon Musk on Twitter. Uh, let's see. Uh, Boris Johnson, we already hit that. Police officers dying, getting shot. Uh, no one's reporting on that at all. Have you noticed that? We literally have police officers are getting shot nearly daily in this country, and no one's even talking about that. Um, Hunter Biden later on in this week. Oh, Biden was in, o- in Ohio talking about pensions. That's interesting. <laughs> uh, we're getting another uh, 0.75% increase in the interest rate. Um, As you predicted. Because inflation cannot be uh, curbed. And then China now saying that U.S. is a threat to, to stability. And Derek Chauvin is uh, also getting... Uh, 20 to 25 years. So let's uh, hit the top of the hour news right here in the Kiva on AM 1600 KIVA, VQ.FM, and rockoftalk.com. This is the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA, Albuquerque. in the 505 with more 411 here for the third hour. I'm Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM. Rockoftalk.com. Just working through some of those uh, little technical glitches that this new software is having me deal with. And I'm not happy, but, uh, you know, I've got to gotta handle all the things uh, top to bottom. And that's uh, the fun part of radio, uh, as it were. Uh, don't forget, you can catch us on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV. Uh, you can also podcast us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify, and, of course, happening us at rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com. I've got so many notes here from so many stories I've read, and then I just can't get myself to the point because I'm constantly dealing some of that stuff. Yes, I know some of the ads are severely broken up, and I go back and have to replay them, and it's uh, it's tiring, but I think uh, we'll get through We'll get through this uh, here shortly. It's well, Eddie, I do uh, at this uh, at this important moment. I have a quick update. Uh, the plot okay. thickens. The plot thickens when it comes to the 15 year old teen who never did anything wrong. We mm. but was hanging out with a 27 year old who uh, had uh, a rap sheet a mile long. Uh, KOAT reported just a couple hours ago. APD is investigating a shooting at the mother's house of the 15 year old fire victim uh, Brett Rosenau. Uh, folks, I don't even know. Do we know that? He was alive when the fire began, or maybe his 27-year-old, you know, thumped him on the head, his buddy there. Maybe he was trying to leave. I mean, there's a lot that that could have gone on in that house. I don't think we really know a lot of the claims that are being made. Anyway, the mother uh, spoke with APD detectives earlier when a friend of her son, of her late son, I suppose, and an adult man came to her home. The two demanded she return a dog that fled a residence that her son shared with the friend. Why was a 15-year-old boy sharing a residence with a friend and not living with his mother? I don't know. Uh, the two fired gunshots as they left the house. APD responded to her call, uh, putting a periodic watch on the home. So um, 
the dysfunction continues in that neighborhood, apparently, folks. Uh, whoa, whoa, maybe whoa, someday whoa, whoa, whoa. we'll find Everybody out what goes on. Wait, wait, wait. Go back. It's not the dysfunction in the neighborhood. There's dysfunction in this family. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, I was know, trying to be charitable. Yeah, no, don't, don't. Don't. I think the problem is that people are sick of it. They don't want to hear about, you know, you don't have to head at all. And I think... I speak for everybody when I say, like, you're sick and tired of this stuff, and you're sick and tired of the. I mean, look at the ridiculous front page of the Albuquerque Journal. Look at what they're selling. Are you going to hold your media accountable at some point? Are you just going to let them, you know, sort of traipse this stuff out there as if it's, you know, fact, factual information? I mean, Matthew Risen is, is as enabling as, you know, every other uh, news media outlet that's out there. So, yeah, and so, Raul Torres. Raul Torres. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So uh, there, there'll be a whole story to this. There'll be no retractions. Uh, they'll be like, oh, that was a really good piece that you did there. And you see what you're doing for society. Like, you're doing nothing to help society. Like, we know who these deadbeat scumbag thugs are. Like, we know them. And now the police know them. And... Every single time we try to go ahead and capture or bring them to justice or whatever, then they stay locked in. There's no incommunicado uh, coming out. And then suddenly it's the Albuquerque Police Department's fault. I I don't think so. You're welcome to call in. I'll take some uh, phone calls as well while we're in. I appreciate uh, you guys doing the technical stuff for the station. You have no idea how hard it is. So that's fine. Uh, Let's see. I talked about the Cassidy uh, Cassidy, uh, uh, testimony there and Donald Trump. Uh, We saw that. now, let's get to Dr. Oz, shall we? <laughs> I, I, I knew you'd like that. this one. I, I knew you'd I, like this one. I cannot stay away from this. I've already given you the big picture. I'm going to do some help now. So, we'll be the last day having to deal with this crap. Oh, where in the world is old Dr. Oz? Oh, my gosh. Well, we know where he was. Uh, when did I take a picture with uh, Dr. Oz? Or when, was it? when did I see him up in Santa Fe? He was up there with... 2019? Uh, yeah, 2019. There yeah. he was, hanging out with uh, fat ass Michelle Lujan Grisham. Boy, that is a fat ass. Huh? Seriously. I got to look at that. Did you uh, see the Twitter? Did you see her fat ass over I at saw the, 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 the United, United video. Oh, dear that? Lord. She I can't unsee disgusting. it. I see you, it when I close United, my eyes now. <laughs> you, you United supporters are ridiculous. You guys Unbelievable. are totally ridiculous. Oh, the curse. Yeah, your curse is on the field, bro. There it is. It's sitting right there. Oh, my. And she's like, you can just tell how incredibly uncomfortable she is. Like, you can see right through her. She's like hanging out with this guy. And these guys are like, yeah, look, Michelle Lujan Christians led us to 50. It's made us the worst state in the entire country to live in. Here we are. Yeah, but we're the United. Yeah. Somos Unidos. Somos Unidos. Oh, so gross. Well, I'm sure that the United, being a very responsible actor yes. in, in Metro Albuquerque, yes. will give uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham's opponent equal time at a game. I, oh. I, I'm sure that's I'm sure that's coming, oh, right? Yeah. Mark Ronchetti, he's going to get. They're not going to let him out. I think they just. This is Mark. Mark. Anyway, I don't want to get into the gubernatorial race right now. What I do want to. Uh, how about the monkeypox stuff? Huh? Breaking out during Pride Month, baby. Huh? <laughs> I, I noticed. I noticed in the write-up. <laughs> that's a really good um what, what is that keep keep there that's uh that's a little too good yeah we, let's, let's step back on that <laughs> a little scary there well 98 percent of the same genes i i think i could do a chimpanzee pretty well <laughs> yeah that's pretty good though that was a little confusing. uh that bedtime for bonzo there we'll go bonzo over there over there uh let's see does anybody even know what bedtime for bonzo is Right? Nobody knows. 
Reagan, he was the best. These kids today, I tell you. No, they don't know anything. New Mexico Department of Health reported the state's first probable case of monkeypox. <laughs> no mention of Pride Month here. No mention of homosexual sex here in this article. The New Mexico Department of Health reported the patient returned from traveling out of state. Did it say that he went to Ibiza? <laughs> Did he go to Ibiza? Did he, was he hanging out with the with European and out of state or out of the country? Was Provincetown, Massachusetts, maybe? Uh, yeah, I don't know. exposed to the disease through contact. What type of contact? Sexual contact? KOB4 can't talk about it? Person is reportedly doing well. Oh, I bet he was. He was partying. We were hanging out with the Department of Energy had. It was so much fun, everybody. Where do you get that? How does that voice develop? Is that part of part of the whole thing? Is that like, is that does it develop, or you, or am I just doing it just like they are? Do I come up with that as a way of like advertising? Hello, it's so it's so awesome, fabulous. The person is reportedly doing well and is isolated at home after testing positive late Friday. What made him test? Hmm, I don't feel really good. I just had gay sex, and I think I need a test. Honestly, is it about is it is that about right? I think I'm about dead on. <clears throat> right? Yeah. Uh, contact. Uh, what kind of contact? Are we touching me? <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. You're good, now? All right. I generally um, avoid bathhouses. Uh, you know, monkey. Let's just ask Google. We'll ask Google. Very politically correct. Uh, transmitted. Uh, by the way, you guys are all waiting for some. Centaurus, just so you know, so it's coming. The centaur is coming. Okay. Here's what you need to know, how it spreads. Uh, this one's uh, CDC. We'll go educational, I think. So we'll, we'll keep it there. There we go. Just uh, truth in media. You just heard it's at an all-time low. All-time. Don't. <clears throat> On your side. Truth you can trust. This from CDC, folks. <laughs> KOB can't tell you this, but CDC is sure as hell going to tell you this. Monkeypox spreads in different ways. CDC.gov forward slash pox virus. The virus can spread from person to person through direct contact with the infectious rash, scabs, or body fluids. Generally speaking, when do you get in contact with other people's rash, scabs, or body fluids? Just kind of throwing it out there. Respiratory secretions. During prolonged face-to-face -face contact or during intimate physical contact such as killing, kissing, <laughs> killing, <laughs> well. kissing, no, is that, that kissing and cuddling, if you push them together, it's killing, kissing, cuddling, or sex, touching items such as clothing or linens that previously touched the infectious rash or body fluids, highly unlikely. Pregnant people can spread the virus through their fetus, through their placenta. There's no other way. That's it. Illness lasts two to four weeks. We just celebrated, uh, was it Pride Month? Is that what it was? Pride Month. It's on my calendar. I'm sure it's on my calendar, even though I'm, I have nothing to do with the Oh, Pride. you didn't hear, Eddie. They kicked it to two months this year. All of July is Pride Month Part 2. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. You didn't hear? What's yeah. the bonus? <laughs> What is, what is it? Why do they need an extra month? Why do they need an extra month? Uh, I think it's in honor of all the discrimination recently launched by evil right wingers against drag queens in public libraries. Or maybe because Roe v. Wade got settled on June the 23rd. Yes. yes. The month. We no longer want June because that's when Roe v. Wade uh, was. And we hate the fact that we're alive. So we're just going to do whatever we want with our bodies. And, you know, 
Monkeypox can spread from time symptoms start until the rash is fully healed and a fresh layer of skin is. Ugh. Ugh. A fresh layer of skin is formed? Could there be anything more disgusting? The illness lasts two to four weeks. People who do not have monkeypox symptoms cannot spread the virus to others. Thank you. There it is. Not airborne. You can't do it any other way, but you can definitely do it through sex. It is not known if monkeypox can spread through semen or vaginal fluid. There we go. So KOB Channel 4 in its uh, infinite wisdom there, D-Dowd Muska. Uh, we've got our first report there from uh, KOB Channel 4, and uh, they are reporting that... Let's see if they use the word sex or homosexual at all. The Mexico Department of Health reported the patient returned from traveling out of state. Nope, nothing there. Was likely exposed to disease through contact. Uh, what type of contact? Well, they don't want to talk about it. Don't want to talk about it. The person is reportedly doing well. Is isolated at home after testing positive? Uh, probably not isolated. Uh, monkeypox is a rare disease in the United States. It's important to keep the perspective that monkeypox does not spread as easily among people, says Dr. Disgrace. <laughs> it does not spread as easily. Uh, the acting. Why is he still the acting? As I'm an actor. New Mexico Department of Health Secretary said in a press release. While there, is he married, Dr. Disgrace? Is he married? Hmm, good question. No, that is a good question. I kind of like the funner. Hey, Governor, you're gonna, Governor, I'm sure you're going to have a, a wonderful job fighting this war against monkeypox the same way that you had total success against COVID, Governor. <laughs> well, the risk for most people remains low. Well, who are most? Why am I most people? Huh? Mon most people remains low. Anyone who has close contact with someone with monkeypox is at risk. Uh, no, that is not what's happening. Sorry. Totally false information at a KOB Channel 4. Is that right? No, not someone. Not close personal contact. No, sexual contact. And it makes a public health concern for us all. I guess everybody's gay, having gay sex. Is that, according to KOB Channel 4, that's what's going on. Everyone has monkeypox. Everyone has AIDS. AIDS, AIDS, AIDS. Monkeypox symptoms usually start within 21 days of being exposed. You're not exposed to the virus. You're rubbing it all over yourself. A lot of rubbing and a lot of friction and, you know, whatever. It begins with flu-like symptoms such as fever, headache, muscles, swollen lymph nodes, chills, exhaustion. Which one of those six things led to the person who has it here? And why don't we know that? Uh, why don't we have a profile of the person? Still waiting for the word sex or sexual contact uh, to come in. It can then progress to a rash of sores that appear in the feet, hands, chest, face, genitals. Oh, we got close. Feel like we're like you know. Well, I don't know. I want to go to second base. We're, we almost went first base. We're kind of like second base. Most infections last to two to four weeks. People are encouraged to isolate themselves at home until they're no longer infectious. Instead of no longer being infectious, when all the scabs have oh gross, all the scabs have fallen off. Oh. <laughs> ah. This, ah, this is medieval. This is medieval times. Make stop. Make him stop, Dad. Make and fresh skin, fresh skin has grown over. Oh, oh! That's it. I'm not gonna be able to eat. Monkeypox is rare, but spread through close personal contact, often skin to skin with someone who has monkeypox, or by making contact with an object, fabric, or service used by someone who has it. I still don't see the word sex anywhere. I still don't see sexual contact. There's a big elephant in this article. That's, uh, that's... Where's the uh, huh, QB Channel Four is not talking about it. Let's see. 
I believe they're very woke in, in that. Oh, here it is. National vaccine about monkeypox. I'm how it spreads. Uh, it's got sexual health. It's got everything all over it. How it spreads. There it is. Direct contact, respiratory, uh, kissing, cuddling, sex, physical contact. None of these words used in the article. Infectious rash or body. Uh, let's see. It is also possible through infected animals. Nothing, no mention about infected animals out here. Uh-huh. Right, being scratched or bitten by an animal, preparing or eating meat or using. Uh, KOB also left that out. So they don't want you to be angry towards animals. And they definitely don't want you to know that it may come from sex. So there you go. Or truth in uh, that. So we got lost on Dr. Oz, of course, because we went into monkeypox. Uh, but that's what you do. So we can't, can't, can't lose the monkeypox because... You know, we do have a responsibility to the community to communicate uh, community spread, possible health risk. Now, remember, uh, it's not a risk unless it's at least 1% uh, infected. Any other more facts uh, there, Dowd? Uh, I'm just, I'm, on, I'm down a rabbit hole looking for any, uh, uh, speaking of uh, close personal contact, I I see nothing about a, a marriage for Dr. Scrace. I, I got oh. nothing on a wife mm. at all. Yeah. Oh, boy. Now, they have all these pro- puff profiles of them, but it's nothing's ever mentioned. Hmm. Very curious. Very curious. Curious. All right. Let's uh. Let's get. Uh, <laughs> I wonder what's going on. Could Doctor Disgrace be a candidate for man- monkeypox? Has he recently traveled to Spain to Ibiza? I mean, worth asking. Why is it that? What What is it with Lonely Girl, Ben Ray Lujan, and Doctor Disgrace? What What is it? The inquired minds want to know. I mean, we know that Michelle Lujan Grisham splashes water all over, all over. You know, you know. I mean, is that is that a sexual assault? If if it was a heterosexual man doing it, that would definitely be sexual assault. You splashed water on a woman's shirt, and now uh, you could practically see through it. That's a sexual assault. I mean, you'd be seeing someone getting awarded millions, particularly if someone had power. Right? There's no doubt about it. Okay, so Dr. Oz, there he is. Like I told you before, I'll say it before and I'll say it again. Controlled opposition. The man has a litany of liberal positions. He is literally losing by nine points. Nine points. He's completely dark. He is not on TV. Since May. He's donated $12 million to his own campaign. Okay. And he can't get Republicans to get behind him. In fact, he came in third in several different counties. He's got no chance. Dr. Oz is done. And he is a Trump endorsed candidate. Why does this matter? Well, because... The Democrats have control of the Senate. Dr. Oz, just he's all about Oprah. He's pro-choice. He's not pro-gun. He's pro-vax. I mean, every bad position that a Republican can have, Dr. Oz has it. And Donald Trump endorsed him. And he won by 1,000 votes in a place where there's a city called Philadelphia where Barack Obama got 108% of the votes in one particular district back way back in 2008. Do you remember that? The chances of Dr. Oz winning are zero. According to Annie McClure, chair of the Huntington County Republican Party, I don't have much confidence in their campaign. 
He said he's been in contact with Oz's team but hasn't received answers at all. <laughs> GOP donors have urged Oz to contribute more of his own money to jumpstart the campaign. He won't do it. Oz's team has responded to donors that we're going to spend what we need to spend, one source says. In other words, don't bother me. Don't bug me. We got this. Uh, he's running against a guy who just had a stroke, right? Did he not just have a stroke? Did, did Fetterman, Correct. Fetterman, Fetterman, Correct. He Correct. Yes. He can't even campaign. He's the lieutenant governor, but he's got mass po populist appeal. Okay. Dr. Oz has a 50% unfavorable rating. I think it trails only one person in the entire state, and that might be Joe Biden. Only 28% view him as favorable. This is the problem with the Republican Party. There are people operating within the Republican Party that don't want Republicans to win. Yes, it's happening right here in the state of New Mexico, too. <laughs> Especially here in New Mexico. Now, Eddie, the key, the key, par the key paragraph in this political piece that uh, I sent you, and and this this gets to the core. We live in a very populist time. Who's who's popular on the right? Donald Trump. Who's popular on the left? Bernie Sanders. We live in a populist time. People look at the polling data. People are not trusting of major institutions. And this uh, quote from one of his Dr. Oz's uh, uh, primary opponents who had to drop out. A lot of people in the GOP, both the establishment and local Pennsylvania GOP underestimate Fetterman. He's the he's the Democrat uh, running against Dr. Oz. This is a guy that has on the left what Donald Trump has on the right. He's got a very strong populist appeal that doesn't just appeal to base Democrats. Who is Fetterman running against? A guy who owes his national notoriety to Oprah, okay? The woman in charge of the entertainment establishment in America, the left-leaning, the woman who gave us Barack Obama. <clears throat> Dr. Obama, uh, Dr. Oz went to, uh, as, as a radio talk show host in Albuquerque uh, once informed you, Dr. Oz goes to same-sex marriage weddings in Santa Fe, New Mexico. This Fetterman guy, who's as left as they come, is making more of a populist appeal to that sort of blue-collar, you know, they talk about how Pennsylvania is Philadelphia in the east and P Pittsburgh in the west and Alabama in between. Those rural white voters, uh, is you're running a guy who has an appearance of a true Trump-esque populist versus a Hollywood-driven personality in the Republican Party. So uh, I, I don't know. It's looking really bad, Eddie, and they may really regret nominating this guy come November. Here, uh, I think uh, Fetterman has a couple of ads that are running already. Here's, uh, I think, one of his ads that comes in. And, I mean, you guys say, if you're a Republican and you hear a guy that talks like this and goes like this, I'd, I'd love to hear what you say. People have been trying to label me my entire life. I do not look like a typical politician. I don't even look like a typical person. John Fetterman knows Pennsylvania through and through. From York, played football in Reading, raising his family in Braddock, a steel town. He's looked different and been different his entire life. As mayor, Fetterman helped rebuild his town. As lieutenant governor, he reformed the office. Now the big guy is running for Senate to take on Washington. This is a race for the future of every community across Pennsylvania. For every small town or person that's felt left behind. For every job left and factory closed. For every person that works hard but can't get ahead as costs keep rising. Those decisions were made for us by people that don't know us. And that's exactly who we're running against. Pennsylvania is our home and it's worth fighting for.
I'm John Fetterman, and I approve this message. So you can count that as a win. Um, he's going to the U.S. Senate, and he's going to be the weirdest-looking senator <laughs> in uh, in Washington, D.C. Uh, Dowd, I think you could agree with me on that. Uh, he will certainly be a strange one, but I think he's a uh, shoe-in to, to get elected and uh, prevent the Republicans from, from getting a majority. There's just you no know, two not, ways about it. Name recognition. You've been an Oz Oz skeptic for a long time, Eddie. Um, Name recognition is not always what it's cracked up to be. And just because a guy walks into your party and wants the nomination for an important office and he's got a coast-to-coast national recognizability doesn't mean you should fall in love immediately and give him whatever he wants. So there you go. doesn't matter where he's at. And um, Dr. Oz doesn't matter. I don't even know if that, that race matters anymore. Um, I think that uh, Donald Trump probably regrets at this point backing Dr. Oz. You, you think yet? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's see. Remember when they made it okay for gay men to donate blood even though they are high risk for AIDS? Political pressure. Scabby sex. Yuck. Okay. Let's see. Maybe the monkeypox is just caused by spreading those worms all over your body. It gives new meaning to the word stop the spread. <laughs> <laughs> 15 days. Yeah, the gay men are super spreaders indeed. I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying monkeypox has a very specific way of spreading. Like, we've known this. Came out, we read about it, and we're like, okay, let's go to CDC. CDC, say, CDC says it's gay sex, and there you go. And gay men. I don't think it's a lesbian transmitted disease. Is that, is that correct? I think it's, it's heteros. I mean, it's, it's males, correct? Seems to be. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. We need a profile, but. Apparently, women don't count uh, in all this. All right. <clears throat> anyway, Dowd, I'd like for you to pull up. Uh, do I get to gloat a little bit here at the end of the show, near the end of the show? Uh, I'm going to go a little bit longer, of course, because, you know, still kind of putting it all together. But I'm going to gloat a little bit. Okay. Not, not that I don't very often. I think I like to call attention to the fact that I make predictions and they are very good. And, you know, I give you insight. And I'm, that's also pretty good. And I pay attention to everything. And, there you go. Um, Elon has officially backed out of the Twitter deal. Yes. <laughs> Who's the first person to tell you? Dowd, go to my Twitter account, which is at the rock of talk on Twitter. Uh, Dowd, I believe, is a follower of, of me on Twitter, of whatever I used for what, all of four days, really. And then I jumped back on for a couple of days. But uh, I think I told everybody that this was all a ruse, that nothing would even happen, that Elon Musk is not going to follow through, that this is just another PR stunt as far as I was concerned. Um, Got a lot of response from the media on this. And I even uh, heard from a friend this week, and he's like, oh, my God, Eddie, you were totally right on this. (laughs) The problem isn't that I was right. The problem is, or the, the opportunity for me is when I was right. Dowd? Go, go to my my bio on there, and then go and look at all of my tweets. If you go to the bottom, and I can gloat about this now. I'm going to show share other people's uh, tweets. And I literally said four days in that Elon is not going to buy. On April the 30th, I write it down on Twitter. You did indeed. It, it, it's, it's, right it's your it's your it's your it's your profile. <laughs> Yes, your profile. Back on 4-26-22, account abandoned 4 And if you go back to my trail, look at all of the Elon hating I do. Now, there's some very good tweets going there at the very beginning. Because all you all you conservatives 
We're out there bragging about the number of followers you had. Oh my god, out of nowhere. I got 20,000 new followers, 50,000 new followers. They were shadow banning me. They didn't let me have my free speech. And it's like all these guys with a radio platform. Like, what do you need Twitter for, you idiot? Joe Pags, Joe Pags. It's because the purchase price is based on the number of actual users on Twitter. <laughs> Joe Pags wishes he had my voice. Like, it's close. <laughs> look, look at my great, one of those great singing voice. Elon Musk terminating the deal means Twitter does not tell the truth about his numbers. He, he talks that fast and that deep. Get ready for ghost banning. Get ready for the ghost banning and shadow banning to ramp up now. Oh, yeah. Where were you? Oh, so Twitter was viable? Joe Pags? I had to get back on Twitter, Joe Pags? Oh, uh, I got to go ahead. Yeah, check us out on Twitter.com and uh, JoeTalkShow.com. Joe Pags. Mike, when he hosts Hannity, I'm like, oh, why, Hannity? Why? Why is Joe Pags on Sean Hannity? Oh, and he's like, he's hitting on Linda on the damn show. Like, oh, look, Linda's very beautiful. Look at her. See, I'm talking about the Joe Pags show. Just get on the Joe Pags show, Joe Talk show, at Joe Talk show. It's good. The purchase price is based on the number of, and Linda, look at her. She's beautiful. Just take a look at her. Just go to JoePags.com. Like, what? Are you hitting on, on Sean Hannity's producer? On air? While you're sitting in for him? What are you doing? You know, you got, hey, you got a place for me to go ahead and sleep sleep for the night? Uh, Joe Pags hosts your show uh, for Sean Hannity. Did, did I, am I nailing Joe Pags? Like, quite, quite good. Quite good. Yeah, nailing that guy. Joe Pags, Joe Pags. All right, uh, Eleanor Terrett. Elon Musk says he is terminating the deal to acquire Twitter. Twitter has not compiled with con- complied with contractual obligations related to disclosing the fake accounts. It seems Twitter is dramatically understanding proportion of spam accounts. Here's what I can't figure out. How many divorces has Elon Musk got? <laughs> this is the funny part. <laughs> How long has Elon Musk been on a board? What is Elon Musk's relationship with his father? Those three things are all you need to know about doing any business, any business with Elon Musk. He was looking for any reason to get out of this deal. It didn't matter what it was. And and you know what the most interesting part for me is? Is how the or how the Democrats and the Twitter people feel about that they can force a situation. You cannot force someone to close on a transaction because it actually takes financing. What are you going to do? You're going to pull money out of his bank account to close the deal? You can't sue him because it hasn't, hasn't hurt you at all. He's going to turn around and counter sue you and tell you how much more did your Twitter viewership or usership or whatever you want to call what people do when they tweet. How much did it go up when Elon Musk got involved? Well, we actually have the actual stats from uh, April the 26th uh, all the way until July the 11th when he terminated the agreement. Elon Musk is going to end up buying Twitter for $17 and a box of Pokemon cards. Twitter's <laughs> worthless. And you idiots who are on Twitter, social media. <clears throat> oh, my God. I just had the best grilled cheese three sandwich I've ever had. Take a look at it. And you need to go visit this place. I'm telling you. Four follows. Like, oh, listen. Start bagging. Stop bragging. Dana Lash. So Twitter lied about the percentage of spam accounts. I hope Musk can come back with a super cheap offer reflecting Twitter's true value. Otherwise, the platform 
the platform will shadow ban and manipulate the rest of the real users away. Who cares? Why are conservatives so incredibly concerned about Elon Musk and Twitter? Who is on Twitter? Larry Elder. Larry Elder. Now that it appears Elon Musk is not buying Twitter, the platform is back to bottle capping my followers. Oh, I'm sorry, Larry Elder. You're, what is he, like 68? What are you doing on Twitter, Larry Elder? Like all of these people fail to recognize that the great L. Rushbo and Donald Trump were both banned from Twitter and neither one of those guys needed Twitter, period. Once I gained no followers until Musk announced his purchase. Oh, Elon Musk is the great savior of the conservative movement. He makes uh, uh, 100% electrical cars. <laughs> and he's the richest man in the world. Like, you know how you can tell the uh, rhinos, right? You can always tell the rhinos. The rhinos are more interested in money than they are in actual power. And I think oh, I actually, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my... Uh, Read my answers from earlier today. Dowd had some really good questions, and I invite you to start answering them because I'm going to answer them every day. Then miraculously, I gained 10,000K, uh, 10K within hours. Now it's back to suppression. Who cares? Twitter made clearest regulatory filings that the exact percentage of fakes accounts was unknown, and Musk waived due diligence. Bingo. Where will Twitter get Elon Musk on the due diligence stuff? Whatever the hard money is, he lost it. How much hard money did he put down? When did it go hard? How did it go hard? Right? You can't just take a looky-see, make sure nobody else, nobody was willing to even buy Twitter. You know what the stupidest part is for, for Elon Musk? Is he made an offer on something else that no, that wasn't for sale and nobody else was interested in buying. True, true. Yeah. Like, how do you, oh, hey, I noticed you got a nice house here. Well, you say it's worth 300000 I'll pay you a million just because I want it. And I got money and I don't care. I'll even waive the due diligence. Boy, <laughs> how did that guy become the richest guy in the world? Well, it isn't because of his business acumen. That I can tell you. Because he got all that money and he was the go-to guy to make electric cars. Now he can't even make electric cars. Why? Well, let's just, let's just say they did not exactly plan for the no battery part. Hard to see how this is anything but a Hail Mary attempt to negotiate a settlement letting him off the hook. This is really good. Here's the chairman of the board for Twitter. They must love this. The Twitter board is committed to closing the transaction on the price and terms agreed upon with Mr. Musk and plans to pursue legal action to enforce the merger agreement. Your are will prevail in the Delaware court of chicanery. No, you won't. Chancer, you will not prevail. You're going to get some damages, and that's about it. Here's the part where they both benefit. Elon Musk is still part of the board. He still owns, I believe, 9% of the shares. Yep, something like that. Is that correct? Yep. So if he owns 9% of the shares, and he got all this new attention to Twitter, this is similar to, uh, what's that guy? Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I had I had some of my buddies sending me some te uh, texts this morning like I care. <laughs> and the, the, they start texting me this morning. Sorry, Dad, I'm going to carry you a little bit longer. So That's fine. Right. If you don't mind, I appreciate this. Okay, he says... Well, I got to look at this stuff, guys. Also, I just heard that one of the jurors in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial crashed the jury and was not summoned to jury duty, so it opens up a mistrial. Oh, oh boy. God. Oh, yeah. Of course it did. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard are still probably hooking up, having sex, whatever. Okay? They're still together, guaranteed. They can't get jobs, 
So why not attack each other in court, pay everybody else off, sell the rights to the book, and rake in the money through all the attention that they're both getting? That's what's going on here. This isn't some sort of legal argument. So what's happening with Twitter and Elon Musk? Well, they're two sides of the very same coin. I'm going to acquire. What's going to end up happening? It's going to dilute the shares. The value will come down. It's going to solidify probably the value of Twitter at probably like 20, 25 bucks a share. Okay. And Elon Musk is going to get more leverage within the, the board. And he's going to basically take it to a different direction. But they're not, he's not going to have to acquire it. And Twitter's not going to ever be able to realize the gains. Uh, Jack, I guess it is, at Jack on Twitter, is never going to be able to realize the gains that they thought that they were going to get had Elon been able to actually close the deal. And what's worse is the interest rate on that money is probably twice as w what it was when he originally made the offer back at the end of April. What's the difference between the interest rate now and the interest rate uh, uh, today? Or excuse me, uh, then and the interest rate today. What's the, what's the difference? It's about two and a half percentage points. Elon's got to pay interest like everybody else. Banks, investors have to make money just like everybody else. Everyone's got to get paid in the deal. Otherwise, they don't invest in the deal. They ain't just going to give, hey, Elon, we're giving you the money because you're the richest man in the world. That's stupid. That's just completely stupid. So there you go. That's how this whole thing is going to end up working out. And uh, Dow's got my tweets uh, from the very, very beginning Hitting uh, Elon Musk, uh, hitting all the rest of these, uh, you know, jackpots. Uh, and if you look at my tweets right from the very beginning, I was questioning Elon all along. You have to think like these guys, folks. You have to literally think like these guys. There's no value here. There's nothing to be gained by putting your stuff and your thoughts out on Twitter. As a friend of mine told me, it's like giving a politician... A social media account is like putting a gun in the hand of a seven-year-old child. <laughs> With whiskey. <laughs> With whiskey. Oh, there you go. Dowd, what did I write at the beginning of my tweets as I as it was coming out of the gate, so to speak? Anything catch your eye? Uh, yeah. I mean, you had, uh, let's see, uh, you were protesting the, no the limit of the number of characters. You didn't like that. <laughs> uh, okay. uh, you said nice things about Rand Paul, which I really like. Oh, yeah. That, that was, was good. That was at the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, of course, I think you you opened you you built this account while you were in D.C. Four days. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you took a picture of the TSA. That's interesting. <laughs> well, you know, that's what got me there safely. So, yeah, so we have type to we have time to type s word into Twitter all day long? Question mark. That's that's maybe my favorite. <laughs> yeah, that's a real quick. So you can see it at the Rocker Talk. It's an abandoned account, but. I at least get my name on a social media that people are going to be using less and less. Um, we're going to have TikTok Tuesdays, uh, not tomorrow, but uh, going forward. There's some very interesting things that, that people put on TikTok that are um, that that should be put put on here. And I I don't advise you to be on TikTok as a consumer, but for the people that we want to catch on, I'm going to probably try and create a TikTok account when I have time and sometime in the near future. But for all things social media we really want you to subscribe to and this is our social media guy Dowd, uh, Dowd doesn't think of it that way but i hope that he starts to and i hope you do as well and i hope you abandon every other social media out there there's only social media that you need and the newspaper that you need and you'll get all of everything that we've been putting out and it's all getting at rockoftalk.chat. Go ahead, Dad. Yeah, Eddie, and, and I think uh, people, uh, we started this account late 
2020. And I think people are more and more starting to think of it as a, as a, not just a way to get information from everything that I call and everything that, everything that I call from the internet and curate from the internet and my original stuff, but also the podcast of the show. But people are, I think, just even in the last month or two, people are starting to think of it as a way of sparking conversations. And of course, the questions of the day uh, are, are always a big part of that. We're starting to see a lot more people weigh in. Um, I asked my, the first question, it, it, uh, the regulars, the subscribers know that every question relates to the content in the Daily Blast that goes out at 4 a.m. So if you see a question that looks a little weird to you, it means you haven't read every word in the Daily Blast itself because there's nothing outside the Daily Blast. Every question is from the Daily Blast, even if it's kind of adjacent. Um, there was a wire service story about Michelle Luan Grisham, uh, who Eddie, over the weekend, it had to kill her to go to Roswell and announce to those people she hates uh, where she only got 32% of the vote in Chavez County in 2018, that she was awarding $1.7 million to fix a bridge that had washed out uh, with all the flooding. For her to go out into rural New Mexico, where she is deeply, deeply unpopular, it must have absolutely killed her. So my first question was, Michelle Luan Grisham got 32% of the vote in Chavez County in 2018. What do you think she'll get in 2022? I, I suspect even, even less. Um, uh, Mr. Aragon said she should do worse, but let's not forget she divided Roswell into three congressional districts, and we all know the politics behind that. Uh, there was a story about Detroit, Detroit to Michigan. I, uh, whenever there's a geographical reference, I'll always ask people, hey, have you ever been to this? Ever been to Alaska? Ever been to Missouri? Uh, and I asked, have you ever been to Detroit? And he said, yes, I saw a Lions versus Vikings game. Downtown Detroit is nice. Yeah. Also went to the to Ann Arbor the previous night for the Michigan versus Notre Dame game, which was amazing. Uh, Langston is from De Detroit. Of course, I forgot that. I'm going to see um, no this week, though. Gonna, yeah, it, I know you. You got you. Did, you you had the honor of doing his very last show here. The, I, I uh, did indeed, and I to this day I apologize for my prejudice against him. It had nothing to do with race. It's just as I get older, anybody in their anybody in their twenties, you know, because you can see how young and healthy they are, you automatically assume they're a moron. That young man is wise beyond his years, and uh, it, I, I'm not impressed often with people. Uh, oftentimes, I'm not impressed with myself, but uh, Langston, I am a big, I am pro, pro Langston. Uh, number four, there was an article I had to put out because it was sent to me from, of course, someone in Corrales about a, a really interesting study of how, and it's just, it's kind of obvious when you think about it, if you have a lot of dog ownership in a neighborhood, Dogs like to be walked. They like to get out. And neighbors get out. And a lot of the times, dog people, I mean, I can't walk in corrals without having people always talking to me. On occasion, I'll even voluntarily talk to someone about their dog. You link up. You meet up. You know each other's mm -hmm. dogs. You notice things going on in the neighborhood. The dogs smell weird smells in the neighborhood. Yep. And damned if the research suggests that higher dog density populations are safer neighborhoods in America. And, you know, we've been talking so much about uh, for years about the, the deaths of the loneliness, deaths of loneliness and the decline of, of you know, uh, social capital. Uh, dogs appear to be something that really fosters that. So very, very good news. And of course, every six months I ask dogs or cats if there's a dog or cat story. And Eddie says, I love dogs too much. And it's too hard when they die, and I certainly agree with him on that. But he also said, I've never met a dog who didn't love me, which is uh, 
Wow. I mean, maybe they just have some sort of connection with uh, with Mr. Aragon. Uh, but cats just disappear, and um, you just you just stop seeing cats. them. <laughs> yeah. No, all of a sudden, you're just like the cat's gone. It's like, where did he go? I'm like, I don't know. I think he'll come back. Uh, Coyotes, had, uh, maybe. I had two. I had two. Uh, I had two cats, Sugar and Spice, and um, I I didn't want a cat. I absolutely didn't want a cat. And they were like the two best friends I could ever have. They were amazing. <laughs> they were just such good dudes. Uh, and they hung out with me for, I don't know, what, six, seven years. And I had uh, Sugar actually moved me to, to, to Phoenix and back, was with me the entire time. It wow. was an amazing cat. The cat was a dog. It was so attached to me. It would literally, like, if I didn't let it in the room, it would yell and go, that was a dog in cat form yeah yeah like he was amazing when i came home he was there we hung out he laid next to me next to the couch and remember um or maybe you don't i was uh, very allergic to cats but i didn't care i didn't want i didn't want them to be euthanized so that's why i kept them i said if we don't if you don't take them they're going to be taken to the, the shelter i'm like like hell they oh. are so when you got them uh, both neutered and it was hilarious when I got a major, so that was good. Well, this just prompts my, I've I probably never done this on the air, the greatest quote of my old Slovak grandfather uh, many, many years ago, because, my God, he's been gone for 22 years, so this is obviously before that. Uh, he was telling me about what it's like to get old, and, uh, of course, Catholic Slovak family, he had, you know, 37 brothers and sisters, and he said, oh, you know, boy, it's really different when you get old. Like, my brother Steve, he has these 50 cats. Christ, I remember he used to shoot every cat he ever saw. Uh, that is uh, that is life in the woods of eastern Connecticut, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, in, in, in the old times, uh, the, the very very uh, animal protection voters of New Mexico would not uh, approve my grandfather's comment on that. Uh, and the final question: There were two stories in the Daily Blast today. One about Nebraska, where there's a internal war over uh, tr the Trump versus anti-Trump elements, and then I had an article yeah. about uh, two of these horrible governors. The guy, oh no, there's Hogan in Maryland. There's Charlie Baker in. Massachusetts, and there's Mike DeWine in Ohio, the GOP governors who are uh, anti-Trump. Uh, there's, you know, I know we got Trump supporters in the audience, but let me tell you, folks, there's still some strongly anti-Trump establishment voices in the GOP. So I, I asked, you know, who's going to prevail, the pro-Trump or anti-Trump? And here is Mr. Uh, Aragon's uh, response. Oh, the GOP. Depending on the deals that leadership can cut, the problem with the GOP is that they are more loyal to money and personal gain than they are teamwork and power. If they could all kill off their own egos for a moment, they would all start to realize the opportunity in front of them. They won't. I'm very happy about the judicial branch, but you can keep the Senate and Congress. I love Bobert, Bobert, Lauren Bobert, and Jordan, Jim Jordan, and those that are willing to go uh, to do what it takes regardless of how it personally impacts them. And this is the best thing Eddie Aragon's ever written. And I just, my, my heart, my heart fluttered when he ended with this line, ladies and gentlemen, Rand Paul is the best person in Washington right now. <laughs> I didn't know that you liked him that much, to be honest. I, I Rand, I mean, he's a philosophical libertarian. I mean, he's with us. He's with us. Yeah, he's, he's as solid as they come. So yep. uh, there you go. You got to sign up for it. Your, uh, your top five for today, Dowd, were? Yeah, and these are the uh, clicks you clicked, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, most popular today in the Daily Blast. Number one, from The Hill, uh, the governor of Maryland says conservatives are pushing back against Trump. That's Larry Hogan, uh, the, the, the anti-Trump guy in, in Maryland. Uh, the war continues. Uh, number two, squalid migrant campgrounds in the Hamptons among our beautiful people, the Seinfelds and the Billy Joels. Uh, they say they're big liberals, but uh, apparently migrants are living in squalid conditions in the Hamptons where our, our elites live. 
a little hypocrisy there. Uh, sad letter number three uh, from the UK, a crazy Yenta from suburban London. I'm terrified of climate change. Sounds like a lot of people I've met in Corrales over the years. Uh, number four, dogs are keeping neighborhoods safer. That's a new study. Fox News was reporting on that. And Eddie, this this number five that was most clicked, people, uh, this, this struck a chord. You know, what did Stalin say? You know, a million deaths is a tragedy, but a single death is a single death is a tragedy, a million deaths is a statistic. A uh, story of a 36 year old healthy German who got the shot and uh, is now permanently disabled. I think as the years pass, we're just going to know more and more about the unintended consequences of this. And every time I see one of these, Eddie, I think I'm very happy that I am uh, completely unsyringed. Yeah, you are. We'll see you tomorrow for Dow. Great job. Uh, thanks, everybody, for hanging in with us. Thanks to all of our advertisers for working with us. We're playing your ads 14, 15 times a day, and I'm working through all the kinks uh, as well. And uh, as on this day, you get all the birthdays, which is also important, especially for me. Uh, yeah, one of the uh, uh, Ramones uh, passed away, and I think it was uh, due to cancer, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see. Back. No, it's a. Uh, <clears throat> Tommy Ramone died of cancer at the age of 65. He was the last of his band's original members to pass away, known as uh, Tommy Erdeli. Hopefully I got that right, but uh, here they are taking us out. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. See you bright and early tomorrow, 4 p.m. on AM 1600 KIV, ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com.